Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 23 of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. It's your host, Will, along with the other host, Jason. How are you doing, buddy? So I am labeled as the other host this time, is okay? Right? It depends on who intros, right? Like, you're going to give power to whoever decides to open up each episode. And I'm not, I'm not saying you're the other. It's just at the moment, with my brain not working at 100% efficiency... That was the best word I can come up with. It's all right. I'm I, sorry, buddy. I wasn't. No, it's all right. I wasn't gonna call you out on that. So, but um, I'll tell you what. Right away, we need to uh, have a couple of uh, bones to pick and axes to grind. So, in before we go into what we've been watching and reading, uh, I think there are several things that we, as in uh, Will and I, need to talk about. But the first thing is about uh, me in particular. So. As part of the GAP catalog, we usually listen to our episodes before we release them just to make sure everything is okay. And of course, because we listen to everything all the way through, we therefore would realize there are certain things that we might get wrong or make pronunciation errors, let's just say. And uh, your boy Will kind of left me out to die last episode with certain mispronunciations. But uh, uh, to be fair... Would you say getting the name wrong is a mispronunciation, though? Okay, then, then, <laughs> then I just can't read. Okay, I'm illiterate. And then, well, for, I mean, to be fair though, you were just trying to come up with a name on the top of your head. You weren't really reading anything. No, right? no, I was. The you name, were the name of the manga Ayumu. Oh, I'll, uh, make his move I'll, instead of Ayumi. I said Ayumi instead of Ayumu. Oh, I thought you were talking about Star Wars. Uh, then, then you see, there's like multiple. So then, Star Wars. I talked about an animated series in relation to um, the show that I was talking about. And I got it wrong because Shadow of the Clone, I'm pretty sure, is episode two of the movies. And then the one that I'm actually referencing is Star Wars The Clone Wars. Uh, The Clone Wars is a very, very good show. I recommend everyone to watch it at some point, especially if you are a Star Wars fan. So I got that wrong. Then... The third thing I got wrong was at Actually, episode two is Attack of the Clones. Fuck, god damn it! Still, even when I try to correct myself, Actually, none of the none of the Star Wars titles actually have the word shadow in it. At least for the main movies. All right, I fucked up. But also, I don't care because I'm not that big a Star Wars fan. Um, me neither. But hey. whoever's listening to this, who is a Star Wars fan and was a little bit tilted by that, please don't. Like, come on, these movies came out like hell a long ago. You can be forgiven for anyone to make a mistake about the names of the Star Wars movies. We, and we also might watch Star Wars Vision at some point. But uh, That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but um, the, the last thing uh, that I think I made a really big error was when we talked about Bits and Pieces 5, we talked about a 3-0 in terms of in relation to Jujutsu Kaisen and Naruto. And I said two girls, one guy for the 3-0 when obviously it should be the other way around, two guys, one girl. So, look... Um, this is going to turn up again for the finale, but I'm just going to nip this in the bud and say, my bad, guys. And we just can't go back retroactively all the time to fix every small thing, but we are aware of that. Yeah, we're not going to go around actually re-recording and then re-uploading uh, previous episodes whilst you know editing and fixing our mistakes. Like, Come on, we're human. Things happen. Now, the second thing that we want to you know, grind our axe about is... So, Will... When it comes to watching anime, or actually any media in general, you don't want to be a party pooper, right? You don't want to ruin people's 
you know, expectations going in. You don't want to reveal things that are could be quite important to the enjoyment of the product itself, would you say? Okay, I didn't know where this was going, but now I completely know where this is going. So the internet, uh, as you know it, has a bunch of websites, and some of those websites talk about anime, and some of those anime websites have rankings of you know, uh, how popular a certain show is. My anime list does it. Uh, the subreddit, the anime subreddit does it. And Anime Corner does it. And we have mentioned all these three throughout the existence of this podcast. And we will also mention these three constantly throughout the existence of this podcast in the future. Now, when it comes to these rankings, usually you don't just have text. You usually have a little kind of image to a graphic behind the text to sort of say, oh, this is this episode. You know, just kind of like a graphic. Whoever... At some point, someone must have chosen that graphic, obviously, and then purposefully, you know, crop it and put it there. And that's all fine and good. But what happens when you pick an image that you probably shouldn't have picked? And the reason why I mention all this is because lately, at least especially so, some of these websites, when they have that graphic, have contains an image of a very, very spoilery thing. That honesty, we I don't and Will doesn't either understand why you would do that. I really fucking hate it. Like you would think that even when you're doing episode reviews or even previews, that you'd be a little bit more smart about it. But unfortunately, and this is also Anime News Network too. You guys are also like guilty of this shit. Oh yeah, yeah. Anime News Network. I forgot yeah. to call them out. If too. you're going to actually review something, maybe don't make the first thing you show a spoiler. Literally within like one line, you've already ruined everything that happens in that episode. And like you can't expect people to have watched the episode first and then go to your website, right? Like you guys aren't just reviewing anime. You guys are also talking about news for other things anime related. Well, not just that, but for example, with the rankings, a lot of people just want to see how well a episode is performing, how much karma it gets, how much rating it has increased or decreased. So in in essence it doesn't really matter what image you put as kind of the backdrop. It just has to be an image from that anime episode, okay? so Or or just use, like, the, the first image, or just a picture of the main character, and then that's it. Like, try to not ruin anime for people, man. Like, and people might say, like, oh, you're just being a stickler just because it is one image. How bad can it be? Well, um... We, we're not going to even say what series it is because Will and I don't like spoiling things and ruining things for people. But needless to say that uh, when you saw this image, it is you know exactly something that you probably shouldn't have known that should have been revealed in a surprising manner. So, bro, get your shit together, anime internet. It, it's, it, it, just, it, it sounds simple, right? Like, don't put spoiler content in your news section. Don't put spoiler content when you do a review, especially or when the series isn't even finished yet. Or, or have a tag, you know, block it out, so then when people want to, who don't give a shit about the spoilers, they want to see it, then absolutely no problem. We are not here to gatekeep spoilers and say, like, you should never spoil stuff. We are just saying there are people who don't want to get spoiled, usually a lot of people, and just be smarter about potentially not and this is the other thing too i don't know for a fact but i'm gonna guess that the people who wrote, who chose those images they 
they didn't do it on purpose. They just picked an image, I guess. And they just didn't think how consequential it would be to pick those images. But it's not just that, though. Like, it's worse because... If anime they, News Network, they when they do the reviews, they literally have like one, maybe two lines of what they're going to talk about in that review. But they literally tell you the plot and the spoiler in that sentence. It's like if you were going to do a review of the Pokemon movie... Okay, I'm, I'm going to use as an example because it came out over 20 years ago. No spoilers there. Imagine the first line you said was, "I can't believe I cried this much when I saw Ash Ketchum die." Like that's would be that would be like the first line of an anime news network review of an episode. You you literally give up the whole sauce, and it fucks with people. Like we we spend all of our time waiting for the next episode to come out, only to then see someone drop an article on anime news network on r slash anime on my anime list on the anime corner, whatever it is, and they just fucking ruin your week. Or an image of a character that is supposed to be dead but is not, and you're just like, well, great, guys. It doesn't even matter if I knew it or like if I didn't know or I had some inkling. Uh, you showed the image, so it's, con- it's confirmed. So, look, guys, just, just chill. Just chill, all right? Okay. Well, one thing you should also chill about, the last thing I would talk before we actually get into what we've been watching and reading is about announcements. Previously, we have mentioned that No Game No Life will have a special announcement on November 27th, I think is the day. Uh, can you double check that, Will, while... Um... Okay, so w- if you heard that one episode where we discussed this, Will and I was extremely excited, along with a good proportion of the internet. Well, uh, that date... Of the announcement has passed, and we now know that announcement. So, congratulations. We do not have No Game No Life Season 2. I repeat, there is currently, as of right now, no anime announcement for Season 2 of No Game No Life. Instead, there is the announcement of the manga adaptation. Now, in terms of the manga adaptation, Will, I think it's fine. The announcement is fine. But the problem that I had, which... I think I even mentioned on that episode was, you know that if you were to tease something like this, people are expecting season two. There is just no way you would not know that. But yet, you decide to basically blue ball, you know, like everyone, and kind of like, well, haha, guys, no season two, but hey, manga adaptation, right? Like, no one is going to receive that news well at all, especially when they're expecting something else entirely so will what do you think about that i don't even think it was a manga adaptation i thought it was just basically new chapters of the light novel like like volume 11's prologue released november 25th and that's just the prologue no no there's gonna be more stuff coming out later on but yeah basically the announcement was not anime related at all it was all just manga light novel Nothing to do with getting a second season. No indication of whether there's going to be any further adaptations of No Game No Life. I guess it just means that. Um, wait, have you watched Zero yet? Nope. Okay. Well, I should though. Honestly, we, we should. I should because I haven't watched it either. But um, yeah, that's going to be the only thing we have for God knows how long because it just doesn't seem like it's going to be any closer to. It's just like, is there going to be a Half Life Three? Right, like it, I don't. Okay, to be very honest, if we could just veer way off topic, I don't want a Half Life Three ever because I worry that it will. You nev- waited this long. It will never yeah. leave live up to my expectations, no matter what you do. 
I mean, maybe I'm wrong and then you will blow my mind, but it has been so long and the anticipation has been so much that I have given up. And if you were to crush that, I don't think I can ever trust Valve ever again. So, you know, anyways. That's, well, I mean, like, yeah. No Good No Life came out 2012, right? I don't know. So, because I remember the movie. I think the movie came out in 2015. So, No Good No Life. All right. While Will checks that out, like, again, the these several things that uh, we mentioned or, uh, as, like, the precursor of uh, before we get into our main um Ah, 2014. Section. 2014. The, the light novel came out in 2012. Is to be considerate, basically. Is to be considerate of the fans who will consume your product. And if you don't respect the fans, you don't respect the consumers, they they get burned, they might not consume your product. And when you don't cons- when they don't consume your product, you're not going to make profit or revenue even, and then you're just you're just going to fold. You're just going to It'll be the end of the end of the saga, end of the day. So, just be smarter, guys. All of you, not you, the listeners, but all of the anime websites that fuck shit up and no gain, no life people. That... Or, or any any company that decides to tease people with something that you know is very very dear and sensitive to the fans, right? You just you just can't play with our feelings like that. All right, now. We will now get into what we've been watching Ooh, and reading. Finally off our soapbox and now actually getting into the uh, anime news, no, anime no. watch lists, everything that we actually wanted to talk about. Yeah. So uh, do you want to go first, Will, or do you want me to go first? Uh, so uh, mine, mine's pretty quick, actually. Um, so right. I actually spent some time uh, catching up on some seasonals, watching stuff that I should have watched a long time ago, and watching some stuff that changed my mind. The main one really is... Um, I. Finally, finally finished uh, watching Demon Slayer, the Mugen Train TV adaptation, uh, which oh, is pretty good. You didn't watch it in the theaters? Uh, no. You, you didn't watch the TV version in the theaters? No, no, of course not. No. I, God damn it, man. So, I watched, okay. I watched it at home with my nice surround sound system. Oh, that That's, I mean. On Netflix, at least. That base of your surround sound system is fucking awesome. Okay, so I, I only watched the first episode, which is the kind of the original content for the TV version, which is kind of like the prologue before the movie actually starts. I have obviously seen the movie a long, long time ago, but Will consumed all of the TV version. So what do you think of the Mugen Train, and what do you think of the Mugen Train TV version, even though you haven't watched the movie? So first off, like, let's just get this out of the way. It's it's UFO Table. It looks fucking amazing still. There's just no doubt that if there's any UFO Table product out there, it's going to look great. And this doesn't disappoint. This is, did not disappoint at all. Now, when it comes to watching it as a TV format as opposed to a, a movie format, I think that the issue with Demon Slayer Mugen Train TV was that when you're waiting week on week for the next episode to come out, and especially when you're trying to get that movie flow, the movie was like almost an hour and a half, two hours, right? So yeah, two hours when almost. You, when you break that over into like seven episodes, I know that the first episode's an original, but let's say, let's say for this like this discussion here, seven episodes of Demon Slayer. If it was... like I, I like the story, but I felt that when you break up the pace, when you have like a recap of like the first minute and then you do the opening and then like literally three, four minutes in, then you're going back into the... Mugen Drain story. I think that 
it breaks up the continuity of like building up that hype. You just wait. Oh, I'm hyped, and then you go back down again, and I'm hyped, and go back down again. Like when you watch the Demon Slayer TV series itself, you get the hype within each episode, or maybe it's like a multi-episode kind of hype thing. Whereas when you're watching a movie and you're breaking it down into seven parts, I don't know, man. I I, I honestly think that if I had watched it as a full movie as opposed to a TV format, I probably would have enjoyed it more. And it, it makes sense that like the t- movie is also higher rated than the TV version. So I understand that kind of criticism completely. And I definitely agree because when something is primarily designed with a format in mind, in this case, Mugen Train, the movie is the movie. So a movie format, you would treat it differently than an episodic TV series. I also understand that why there is a TV series version because not everybody has the capabilities to see it in theaters. But if they release it as a TV episodic format, people will pick it up. It's only seven episodes from beginning to end. So at least you can consume it before you watch season two because you have to, unfortunately. So I get it. It still looks great. But when you slice an episodic format, at least uh, I can't confirm, but it, it just logic dictates that pacing would be an issue, as you said, right? The, Absolutely, yeah. The ebb and flow of hype, as you said, because it goes up and down with the movie it was very seamless and very well paced but i can definitely see like when you get chopped up you just be like oh that's it and then you have to wait one whole week like like you know i, I would assume like because you watched the movie right the second half of the movie pure adrenaline hype for like a whole hour right imagine watching that in three parts and you're watching them each two weeks apart right right like it's it's okay if you haven't watched the movie, but as a fan, as someone who's already like consumed enough Demon Slayer, you kind of want to have that 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 full speed ahead hype, that I, adrenaline rush. I agree with you because there is a very very actually it's that now I think about it, that fight scene towards the latter half of the film is actually super long. So when you, if I were to even think about, I don't even know where you would cut it, but clearly they did. But I'm just like. That sounds terrible. Yeah, they cut it at some pretty weird parts. But in the end, though, I still enjoyed it. It was still good. I think like when you factor in the the music, oh, God, the music was so good, and the the, the, the animation quality, I, I still vibed with it. It was still good. It's just if you have the opportunity to watch it like as a movie, like whether it's in the cinema or on Blu-ray or you find like, you know, it's you can buy it online or like, they stream it on like Amazon or something, watch that. Um if not, then the TV version will suffice. I think that is a very good, succinct summary of the review of the TV version. And even though I would have said the exact same thing without even watching a single episode, to have you go through that and then verify it is actually, um, you know. We should talk about this later as well. Because like, I, I do want to know like what parts of the TV version are like completely original because I'm sure it's like they didn't just copy everything straight away. No, from they the added movie. like 300 cuts of animation yeah. or something. So uh, yeah, uh, probably dialogue or like some like, extra like stuff at the end. They definitely added some stuff for the recaps. So yeah, I mean they didn't add 86 stuff. 86 clips of stuff. Okay, exactly. Sh- should we should I talk about that now? Yeah, go ahead. 86 season two has been storming the charts this season. So. I decided to. Do, you know, I'm just gonna pick it up again, because there's just no way that this insanely popular light novel that turned into 
an insanely popular anime series is not going to get my attention. Like you and I both watched it the first time, right? A one pictures, music done by Sawano. Holy crap, it's amazing. This music is just so good. But when watching it, I just felt like this was like a cheap Code Geass. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I only watched the first episode, and that was the exact vibe that I got. So look, like military, like war anime. Like I, I know like not everyone vibes with it because it can get a little bit too serious for some, or like when you start like going into like the emotional sides of war and and death and all that. Like it can be a little bit like a little strenuous on our feeble anime hearts. But I've decided, you know what? Like, I'm I'm going to give it a second shot. And then it didn't work again. So I decided to give it a third shot because, holy crap, se- season two, the ranking is so high that I just could not ignore it. And that's actually how it happened for me to, like, finally enjoy JoJo. It took me three times to finish the first part. It took me three times to finish 86 season one. And I'm really glad that I did it because holy crap. I'm sorry, 86. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. it. You guys changed my mind a lot. It's it's a gripping story. It's beautiful. I, and I think like it's just peak Sawano. The music is incredible. Like we've watched enough stuff from him. Like we watched a, a lot of Attack on Titan. We watched Capinari. You like, watch Blue Exorcist. And it's just, it's super good. Sawano is just like a fucking genius. And the, it, it's it's not like a bad thing to say that he's half the reason why 86 is good. Because the other half of it is the story. Like it all builds, builds well, so well together. And I implore anybody, including you, Jason, to watch 86. Season one, you finished season one and two, or up to date with season two at least, right? Yeah, luckily because there was a delay in the production side, so like the next episode's coming out next week instead of this week. So I managed to actually have enough time to finish up both season one and season two, which is fine. I think like both seasons are only a cur long, so it's very very easy to be to be able to consume everything in in like a week. Okay. Now it's my turn to say what we've been watching and reading. I've been watching one thing and reading one thing. One I really like and one I dislike a lot. So let's start with the one I dislike a lot. So you're going to start with the bad, then end with the good. Yes. Um, Mark Miller, or I think some people pronounce it Mark Millar, but I double-checked some BBC interview and they call it Mark Miller, is a comic book writer, author. And he is well-known for writing certain graphic novels such as Kick-Ass, such as Wanted, which obviously has spiraled into uh, live-action TV uh, movies. And I quite like um, Wanted, the movie, and the graphic novel. And I also read Kick-Ass, the graphic novel, and then later on watched the movie as well. But uh, Mark Miller is very well known for certain traits, shall we say. And those traits are rather... I guess, uh, to put it a lack of a better term, asshole, childish, immature shit. But to be fair, he does it very, very well. But you, if you don't vibe with that, you just think, like, this is utter trash. Now, the reason why I mention this guy is because Studio Bones decides to make an anime based off of one of his graphic novels called Super Crooks. And it is a Netflix exclusive. It is available right now. We mentioned it before. And I checked it out. Um, 
it's not really a Japanese cartoon, I would say, first of all. Uh, but more like a Western anime, as they say. You know, things like Yasuke, things like... Um, what, what else am I thinking of that are like those Western-oriented animes? But it's of those shows that is produced by a uh, Japanese studio, Japanese uh, staff. Batman Ninja, for sure, uh, falls yeah. under that, too. Yeah. There you go. And there's nothing wrong with that kind of look or that kind of treatment. Absolutely not. And this is interesting because the source here is a Western product turned into a Japanese anime production. Um, when it comes to Mark Miller stuff, he always likes to be very shock value, I guess, is the other thing. And it doesn't work sometimes, and it does work sometimes. I would actually say that his the stuff that are great in terms of stuff by Mark Miller is when the directors of certain uh, live-action properties adapt their work change it quite a bit so for example with wanted the movie is actually quite different than the graphic novel with kick-ass it's a lot it's a bit more faithful but the tone is also slightly different as well and i think kingsman is also made by them and matthew vaughn is the director and i really like kingsman and uh yeah so to my knowledge and in my experience the graphic novel is fine of all these properties but when it is adapted like, very faithfully, it's quite not good. And in this case, they did adapt it quite faithfully. There is a very well-known pool scene in episode one that involves a swimming pool. And that sequence is very uh, Final Destination-esque, let's just say. And it is stupid, not, like, in a good way. Like, it was absurd, not in a good way. So I've actually up till now, have said zero details about the plot. It's basically super crooks, as you might be able to tell. They're crooks, they're bad guys, but they have superpowers. And then this guy gets out of jail and is a supervillain, and then they do a heist. That's basically it. Very simple storyline. And I have to say one thing, though, which is the animation quality is also not great. It has way of the house husband type of motion, motion comic, motion manga, if you will, but better. It's definitely better, but not that far off. So, well, the main character, um, Bolt, right? Johnny Bolt. Yes, that's correct. He's voiced by the guy who did Way of the House Husband. Oh, okay. Right, Kenjiro Suda. Right. And then also like, the female lead, Maya Sakamoto. Like, you've got some very good VAs for this. So speaking of VAs, I generally, and almost like, let's say 98%, always listen, um, actually 99%, listen to the Japanese audio and English subtitles. I'm sure a lot of you f- are the same. And as a person who always watches subtitles over dub, they're... There's always this kind of battle between sub versus dub. I will tell you, though, the English dub is actually very, very good. Uh, but the when I mean by good, I mean the script of their dialogues is really, really good. The voice actors are okay. But the Japanese voice actors have the opposite problem, which is they're really good voice actors and actresses. But the stuff that they say does not fit the tone of 
the property, which is kind of this, like they like they're there's they have like sex scenes, but like not very explicit, and they talk like they they should swear, and in the dub they do. It's sort of like the dub is way more fun and way and knows what it is, whereas the Japanese dub with English subtitles is very professionally done, I guess, but has no idea that this property is supposed to be. Like more risque, more lewd, a little bit more out there, right? Exactly. It's definitely more restrained when you have the Japanese voice acting. So if I could, I would have the Japanese voice actors and actresses do the dialogue scripts from the English dub, and then then that'll be okay. Uh, I also think there's a lot of problems with the story. I don't think I'll get into it that much. But if you want to watch a similar show, just watch The Invincibles. That's it. There's nothing else. Or The Boys on Amazon? Absolutely. Uh, I actually read the graphic novel for it. I quite like that as well. So just don't – you don't need to watch Super Crooks is my recommendation. Well, if you do, it's on Netflix. So hey, I, I prove, guess go ahead. Prove me wrong. Um, but I would give it a 6.5. To seven out of ten. Shit, dude. Okay. Well, you're not that far off from what the general consensus on Mal is. It's a seven point two. Yeah. So and, not that far off, really. And when you consider Studio Bones, it's actually quite a disappointment. That's the other thing too, right? Like we didn't really talk that much about the studio, right? Like, Bones is big. They're good, but Bones like, is great. But could you tell this was a Bones property? No, absolutely not. I, in fact, if anything, with Yasuke, at least with Mappa, we could have. It looked good, it, and it sounded great. The, the the music here is like whatever very it's fine but that's it um the look is 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 even in my opinion worse than I expected so so how you feel about this is very similar to how I felt about Yasuke but at least Yasuke had wonderful music and good animation quality yeah well uh, it I, is higher rated though. I mean uh, no, uh super crooks is higher rated though than I think it's because a lot of people felt burned by the source and all that treatment. But needless to say that Super Crooks is just okay. But if you want to watch something of that type, there are plenty of way better options out there, even in anime form so or, or animation form. Right. Well, you just talked about something you really did enjoy. Is there something you watched or read that you actually did enjoy? So... I watched a bunch of stuff, but will not mention it because the one thing that I read, I actually want to talk about quite in detail. Is this the, the mystery manga you've been reading? That is correct. There is currently only one volume of it published by Viz Media right now. Um, I read it. Uh, but you can also read it on another platform, Jump Plus. I'm talking none other than Will one of Will's favorite manga recent is Kaiju number eight, Monster number eight. I read the first volume of it, so I'm like, I think chapter seven, chapter eight of fifty something chapters, and I have to say that it is immensely entertaining and very well produced. Is the storyline mind blowing? Hell no! It is so generic, but the, everything else around it is awesome. The violence is crazy. It's a reverse plot, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Uh, the, the, like, all the kind of, like, designs, the fact that the main character 
lives in a world that has kaiju monster attacks like Godzilla, and you have to dispose and, you know, clean up the mess. And the main character starts off as in the disposal unit. And it's just, of course there is someone that does that. Um, Of course, if you think about it, like, the battle's over, but who's going to clean up the mess? So it makes sense. I've always actually wanted to see those. I've talked to a couple of friends about, like, when you're watching any, like, superhero or, like, monster movies, like, what happens with the everyday citizen, like, the people who actually have to clean up, like, monster battles or, like, the destruction that's been left behind by, like, a superhero. This kind of gives, like, a brief look into that, but progresses way beyond that as well once you get past the first volume. I, I, I really enjoyed it, but I do agree that it's it's not, like, earth-shattering. But I will say it is a very, very fun time and a very, very good time, and it has altered a little bit of uh, my award list for the finale. So that is what I have read, and that is also what I've watched, like, you know, with Super Crooks. Now on to the news. How are we doing on time, Will? Doing okay? We're all right. Yeah, we're doing well. Almost. 2021 almost, though, is over. We're doing all right. Uh, They announced the mangas in Japan, the top-selling mangas in Japan by series and the top-selling mangas in Japan by volume for 2021. Now, it comes to no surprise that Demon Slayer is on that list in terms of both uh, most most best-selling series and best-selling volumes. But, and I have to give credit to Will... There is he Demon Slayer is not number one. It's actually number two. Because number one is none other than Jujutsu Kaisen in terms of overall series that are best selling, with an estimated sales of thirty million? Thirty thirty point nine million. Just scraping past Demon Slayer, where Demon Slayer has twenty nine point five million. But that just goes to show that despite all the hype, despite all the attention that Demon Slayer is getting, which it rightfully deserves, I I believe. Jujutsu Kaisen's like, yo, dog. But while you're while you're celebrating, I'm just gonna run past you and cross the finish line. Oh, you guys are still like only just selling the finale, just the final final volume. Okay, well we're still making new manga every couple months, so uh, why don't you come over to the Jujutsu side? So congratulations to Jisoo Kaisen in terms of being the top-selling manga series in Japan for 2021. We should also make a, a quick mention, mm-hmm. though, that um, uh, so you want to round off the top three? No, no. So, okay. I understand. I know exactly what you're going to say. Because we have to talk about that. Yeah, I, I, I'll just get the other stuff out of the way, which is My Hero Academia got $7 million, uh, and it's ranked fifth. And Attack on Titan got $7.3 million, ranked fourth. Now, here's the crazy thing that I wouldn't want to mention about Attack on Titan and My Hero Academia. They're great series. Uh, the anime's airing uh, for Attack on Titan soon, right? Very soon, actually. Yeah. And My Hero Academia is, has announced a bunch of stuff for this upcoming year. I mean, they only just got done with uh, one of their most recent movies a couple months ago. Absolutely. So we are not here to throw shade whatsoever. In fact, it's the opposite. Now, third place, fourth place with Attack on Titan is $7.3 million. But third place is twenty four point nine million. So we're we're talking magnitudes, Will. Over three times. And that is Tokyo Revengers. Bruh. I did not expect that. I knew that 
Tokyo Revengers was popular. And we both kind of liked the TV series, but I kind of just lost track and just fell off on it. Doesn't mean that I won't finish it. And I guess now I kind of should finish it. It's kind of how I felt with like watching 86, where it's just like, I can see where this is going, but like I've got a lot of other stuff I want to finish first, and that just fell by the wayside. This is exactly how I feel about Tokyo Revengers as well. But we do have a friend who's actually read the manga and just is so confused as to why we haven't gotten on the Tokyo Revengers train. So we should get on that train. Yeah. That's about it. And we will report back when we do. Uh, in terms of the volume list, it, there comes to no surprise that Jujutsu Kaisen is on there, Demon Slayer's on there, and with a bunch of volumes. But instead of being dominated by Demon Slayer last year, it was now dominated by Jujutsu Kaisen this year. Uh, we won't go into specifics, but One Piece also sold pretty well because ninety-eight, volume 98, volume 99, and volume 100 sold pretty well as well. So Spy X Family is crazy because it's the only one that I thought was surprising on the 27th of 30th spot with 1.2 million it's great like you would imagine like when you see attack on titan demon slayer jutsu kaisen one piece like those should be there right given the amount of hype that they they still generate but spike's family is like what are you doing what are you doing in the top 30? But also, yeah, dog, what are you doing? You should go higher. You should aim higher. So congratulations, Tetsuya Endo. Your, your Spikes family is doing really fucking well, and I can't wait to see it get adapted. All right. So that is the manga stats. But what happens when you need stats to go into office? What happens when you need votes to get into office? Oh, man. you Obviously, you're going to run a successful campaign. You're going to get enough funding. You're going to try and win over the hearts of people based on you know, your, your your vision for your country, your oh, people, right? Oh, so, um, Mr. William Wong, uh, as an, ambassador, an anime ambassador, I am your new campaign manager, Jason. Um, so, hear me out. I think we should uh, enlist some help from certain anime properties. Ah, so I see you. Uh, you're 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 a man of taste. You like the anime, right? Yeah. So yeah, we yeah. should definitely go for like some really popular characters right now. I think that you know if we go for some demon slayer, really cut apart the opposition. I think like that would be a, a great way for us to stamp our our dominance in this in, in this presidential race. Yeah, but what if we found someone that was even better than the most popular? You mean to tell characters? me there's someone that's better than Tanjiro? But what happens? You want to convey that you're studious, that you're smart, that you're sometimes even conniving to get what you want. You know, that kind of power. Uh, I see. So like a Detective Conan kind of guy, right? Super smart, elegant, knows how to solve the case. That's that's the kind of character you're talking about, right? No. But um, I'll just bring him in. Light, come over here. What, what, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you bringing Light Yagami into my office? So the Hondurians has a presidential race, and one of the presidential candidates decided to get the enlist the help of Light Yagami from Death Note as part of their presidential campaign. This is insane to me, Will. It, it, it you you saw like the the footage and the stuff. It's just crazy. I mean, why it's, it's in it's in Spanish, but neither of us are going to attempt to say it. But the translation of it is, and. Literally, it's Light holding his Death Note, but instead of saying Death Note, 
it's the Honduran elections. And quote, if you don't vote, others will decide for you and you will not be able to complain when you don't find the job and opportunities. So go out and vote, Honduras. Come on. Like, hey, if like Yagami tells you to, like you better go and vote. Otherwise, don't don't blame yourself. Don't blame anybody if you don't get a job. But pro tip, don't tell Light your name. Just just don't. Like, just trust me on this. Like, he might be very nice and dashing, but just don't don't tell him your name. Just vote, but don't tell him, you know, that you and then your name, you know, voted. Okay? So yeah, they just go by their NGO name, like their organization name. They don't actually release any like names of the individuals that are in a part of this campaign. Okay, so now that we have riff off of that, I still think that's a very funny inclusion. But the, the power is in your hands is the message of Light Yagami. <laughs> it's crazy. Okay, like, like don't don't care about you know what happens in the manga. Like, hey, the future of Honduras depends on you. All right, moving on to the next bit of news. One of my most, I guess, unexpected uh, shows that I actually quite like a lot that I will always try to advocate, but it's like the hardest thing to advocate to people, is Review Starlight. Uh, it is an anime that is actually so unique and so well done. But if I were to tell people about it, they would just be like, the fuck you smoking, bro? Don't. No thanks. But I put uh, Review Starlight in very high regard. And the director uh, has a cryptic new promo video for his new project. And it looks like shit is about to hit the fan again. And uh, all I can say is the teaser is just weird and very, very short and doesn't really tell you anything. But I am fucking on board, basically. And uh, you should... You know, keep an eye out for uh, this, I guess they call it like Love Cobra or something, I think is the name of the show. And, uh, or at least I will definitely check it out, see what's up. It's awesome. Review Starlight, you should check it out. Shoujo Kageki Review Starlight is the full name. So you should you should check it out. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll check it out. One thing I'm definitely checking out, though, when it comes out is um, the fourth season of Golden Kamui. I'm really happy for that. Now, the weird thing, though, is that instead of being done by uh, Gino Studio, it's now moved over to Brainspace. And Brainspace is a pretty good studio, to be honest. Uh, I'm pretty sure they did To Your Eternity. Is that right? Yes, they did. So they're definitely very, very capable of making a product that is very good. Now, Will, here's the biggest question. What will the bears look like? So I haven't. So I've been actually. I've actually moved over to the manga now, uh, which I'm very excited for because uh, the next volume comes out in just a couple of weeks. But uh, at the same time, I know it's going to end soon because the creator basically said that it's uh, back in July or August, like uh, several months ago, that the whole Golden Kamui movie franchise, the manga, is actually reaching its final arc. So be prepared that it's going to end soon. Back onto the question about the 3D bears. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I didn't see any bears in season two. I only watched like one or two episodes, but let's just hope that we're going to use brains-based quality of like, animal rendering because them wolves and bears, 
they looked really good in to your eternity so oh one, actually one, that's one a very good call i forgot about that yeah yeah one, one can hope that they'll be able to right the wrongs of uh, season one bears so there is no other announcement in terms of premiere date other than there is definitely going to be a fourth season and Brainspace is in charge of it but We'll let you know when we do, because Will is actually pretty excited about it. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I fucking love Golden Kamui. All right, well, let's talk about Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, not a lot of love for them, though, on the other hand. I mean, to be fair, when the news came out that there was going to be a live adaptation of Cowboy Bebop, oh, one of the most wait. storied franchises of all time. Sorry, just, did you say live-action anime adaptation? Yes. Sorry, I, I'm just going to go, guys. Yeah, all right. Just, just, just call it? Yeah, yeah, just call it. Just, just wrap this up? Just press the stop button. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I guess it's just me here then. Um, but actually, Netflix is also here and agrees with me because Netflix just canceled the first season of the live action. It only came adaptation. out like several weeks ago too. That's the part that is just like... You know, you, you what were you guys doing? You technically yeah. could have waited, right? You technically could have just waited and then announced it later. But no, no, they're like, no, no, no. We gotta shit this. Sh- we gotta shut this shit down now. Oh, I haven't watched the live action. Maybe I will at some point. Maybe, maybe I won't. I'm not here to throw shade on the live action TV series itself, but it sounds like a lot of people are not very hot on it either i think it's just now like netflix is trying to be as ruthless as possible right like dude like for the longest time they were just trying to find something that was like going to actually get people signing up for netflix accounts again right and squid game was that squid game basically made everyone come back to netflix and then hellbound increased that amount by several magnitudes yeah Arcane came out too, so there's like there was like a lot of good hype that was coming along the Netflix side. Then Cowboy Bebop shows up, and it's just like, oh, you know what? Nah, dude, Tiger King season two came out, and it costs way less to produce this, but we got way more video impressions compared to what Cowboy Bebop got. So, um, yeah, bye Bebop, no Cowboy here anymore. Okay. So long, Space Cowboy. Oh damn it! I don't. Oh god damn it! Why did you have to do that? Okay, I was hoping that we would not make that. Uh, pun slash joke, but hey, okay, okay, fine. We're talking fine, about fine. Bebop, man. But the original, the last, uh, last bit of news is actually a bit unfortunate, but it is somewhat related to Cowboy Bebop, which is the writer for Cowboy Bebop and Tokyo Godfather and Wolf's Reign, uh, Keiko Nobumoto, passed away on December first, and uh, our wishes go out to the friends and uh, family. And it's very unfortunate because the talent to even write Cowboy Bebop and Tokyo Godfather, I can't speak for Wolf's Reign, is phenomenal. And I think uh, Tokyo Godfather is directed by Satoshi Kon. So already that's also like the fact that Satoshi Kon is like, oh, yeah, you can write my movie. I'm like, that's already like tells you in terms of how talented this person is yeah i mean the fact that she was in good company with shinichiro watanabe as well yeah i mean for cowboy bebop of course she can like you don't get to that level without like actually being good at your job and holy hell like if we just talked about the scripts and all that and and like all the all all, all the, the the screenplay the screenwriting it's it's incredible every bit of like satoshi khan's movies every bit of watanabe's movies and tv series you could tell that people put a lot of time 
into the script writing, into the screenwriting. And she also uh, has credits for script writing for Space Dandy and Samurai Champloo. So the Watanabe uh, bloodline runs deep. The influence is just like you can tell where it came from. And as uh, like a, a female figure in the anime manga industry with such accolades, it is unfortunate to have uh, her pass away. But uh, let's look forward and hope for the best for 2022 and we wish her family and friends our condolences and feelings yep well that about wraps up the news the watch lists the watch section actually of our uh first half we're gonna go into a quick break and then we're gonna start talking about oof you you remember how crunchy the last episode was this is going to be an even tougher discussion so stay tuned. We'll be back after a couple minutes. Catch you in the br- after the break. See ya. podcast this is our main discussion topic for episode 23 as always i am jason and as always and as usual will is over here i'm feeling really good man just had a nice pastrami sandwich i'm feeling fucking fantastic i love reuben so reubens are good i'm just glad that we can still get like smoked meats in hong kong like usually you won't be able to get it in like the in new york and la even in the uk but like here it's like before the place we went to like it was really hard to find good pastrami and brisket i mean it's not the same quality in terms of in comparison but at the same time you can't compare it's just not fair well you know what's always consistent quality is the contents of the good anime palette podcast so let's bring on episode 23's second half which is the main discussion topic today which is weapons of the magical variety so last episode we talked about physical weapons and now we will talk about magic. Yeah. So we're not going to bore you guys again by going through the definitions of physical weapons. If you want that, please go back to episode 22 and listen to the second half. We will also allude to it, but we won't, you know, go back. Yeah, more just like for reference, right? Today, on the other hand, we are going to solely look into magical weapons. Now, I also won't bore you guys with all the disclaimers that we put forth in the physical weapons other than to say... We will split similarly with physical weapons. The main discussion topic will be surrounded around the definition of magical weapons, the strong suits, the the the, the pros and cons. The pros and cons, yeah. Uh, magical uh, weapons that uh, left an impression on us, and anime and manga recommendations that feature magical weapons heavily. And then, yeah, yeah, just like you know how we recommended some really good physical anime series you know for physical weapons we got some really really good ones for the magical side as well yeah i'm very excited so um again the definitions and stuff is like a really hard thing to do which is why we're dedicating so much time towards just clearly defining what a magical weapon is but guys if your definition is different than ours that's fine no one is right no one is wrong we merely want to similarly with the physical weapons 
just create a forum where we, Will and I at least, can have this discussion and you can hear our insights and thoughts. And hopefully you have your own insights and thoughts and maybe you can even contact us and tell it, tell that to us. Exactly. This is an open discussion. Our opinions are ours. Yours are yours. In the end, there's like really no in-between, right? Yeah, and you, you're fully uh, in the rights to believe what you believe and we are in our right to be able to at least try and convey our belief. Right. Uh, in other words, the purpose of this main discussion topic and the definition part is not to say who is right, who is wrong, what is uh, what is like the, the right thing, what is the wrong thing, is merely to initiate that conversation and discussion. So, yeah. So let's get into it. Let's just get into uh, the definitions of magical weapons, which should be very easy, right? We had a lot of practice doing it for the physical weapon definition. Right. So with the magical weapons, we kind of had to draw a line similarly with uh, physical weapons at some point. And through our kind of background research and thoughts, we realized that a lot of components of physical weapons has an object or a thing that you can kind of see or it, it's tangible, I guess. Yeah. There's a physical existence of it where you can actually hold and actually utilize. But magical weapons, on the other hand, we decided to not include usually weapons that have uh, like physical weapons that have magical properties. Instead, we decided to focus on things like spells, incantations, uh, you know, like summoning stuff of your, I guess, more traditional variety of um magic yeah i think like for like in the in the previous episode right when we talked about how like you can imbue weapons with magical powers in the end though like the conveyor for that magic ability quote unquote is still through physical means right like if you if you have like a sword that's covered in flames or like magical like plague or whatnot it's still the fact that it takes on a physical form and it's applied in a physical fashion therefore without it you wouldn't be able to use the magic now a couple of caveats before we start getting into the definition which the caveats actually is part of it is components such as alchemy because for example full metal alchemist is probably one of the most well-known animes of all time and alchemy in general is always kind of tied to magic in some way but in our opinion uh, alchemy is more rooted in the science and manipulation of the laws of physics or laws of nature, whereas magic is the marriage of the two or, like, distortion or alter of the, the fabric of reality. Yeah. Even if it's, well, like, alchemy of, like, magical properties, you're still expecting, I guess, like, a quote-unquote, like, match, a, a chemical reaction, like a reaction of two forces to create something. And for the most part, alchemy is, like, like you said, right, still very much rooted uh, from scientific methods and research. Right. It's just that your ingredients are not your typical uh, assumption of, like, you know, like a leaf or whatever, but it might contain, like, the essence or, you know, something like that. Yeah. It's, it's not like, oh, like you're, you're, you're mixing, like, the, uh, the, the, the dust of like a, a reindeer horn and like the moss from a fucking, I don't know, like a, a Scandinavian rainforest. And then you mix it all together and it creates bubonic plague. And then you can cast that shit. Like, no, it, there was still a form of chemical reaction prior to creating that magical property. Now, when I was doing research and uh, sort of brainstorming on magical weapons, I have come across a constant theme that. I have to address, which is there seems to be a very uh, big 
distinction between magical skills and abilities versus magical weapons. Because some people would say, oh, uh, you know, like a spell or a certain affinity or something that is inherent to the magical user is not the same as a weapon, even though technically it can be used as a weapon. So I think at this point, Will and I have to be very firm in terms of do we include skills and abilities as part as 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 a weapon or not and i think we do right yeah i think for the most part like even if it's like like augmentation through magical means or like blessings to power up and all that because there was still like a magic element to create that i think it very much falls under magic like that that process itself what comes out of it afterwards you can deem it as alchemist you can do as physical you can do with it as environmental or whatever it may be but there's still like a magical reaction that creates it this very instance that we're talking about and when we go off of the anime and manga recommendations at least will and i can work our way backwards to see how our definitions have shaped our recommendations for example even though we just said that Magical weapons doesn't necessarily have a physical component. It's actually quite important. So things like wands and staffs, magical wands and staffs to either enhance or give you the ability. Sorry. Ugh. I'm like, okay, sorry. No, it, it, it's 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 hard to uh, like, just, wrap your brain around it. And then like when you're so like, like kerfuffled and, by it, it's also hard for you to get it out of your mouth as well. Yeah, and I just ate, so... It was yeah. a damn good sandwich there, right? It was a really good sandwich. So back to the, the topic at hand. Wands and staffs not only complement, but sometimes enhance or sometimes essential to being able to cast magic. Of course, when it comes to Western properties, Harry Potter is the de facto wizard, you know, uh, property of choice. And there are of those types in anime and manga as well. Whether it is your typical like high fantasy type thing, or it is technically not a staff or a wand, but it basically is. That's how it is. And spells and incantations also sometimes have a physical component. It's not necessarily, oh, you just put your hand out and a fireball comes out. Sometimes it's like that. Sometimes you have to draw. For example, in Fumel Alchemist, you draw a summoning circle. Sometimes you have to transform something into another thing, right? There's there's a bunch of those shows that we will go over later on. Um, but yeah, I think in the end, right? Like even if when we talk about magic, it could be like completely supernatural or mythical. Sometimes you might not even be able to see with the human eye, uh, or be able to sense the aura of a magic. Uh, I was gonna or, use I was gonna use the word aura. Yeah, yeah exactly. like, maybe I'll be able to sense it. There at, at some point was still some form of physical component, right? Whether it's a material or whether it's like a conduit, like a wand. Uh, that's not always the case, but of course, you know, edge cases. There's bound to be something that like you can't explain with or without like a physical representation of something. Also, I think another point of contention when it comes to definitions is. The minor but somewhat important difference between what is magical, what is supernatural, and what's mystical. Now, there might be more different descriptors out there, but the three that I seem to gravitate towards the most is magical, supernatural, and mystical. Magical sometimes seems to be rooted in what we know the laws of nature and reality is, except it is extrapolated in a creative way that 
in reality cannot be done. I think also supernatural then is something that is exceeds again because it's called supernatural exceeds what you regularly would expect that something would occur. Also, it is, for example, we always consider ghosts supernatural, but I wouldn't consider ghosts magical. Mystical is usually tied to a deity or a faith or some sort of religion, whether it is actually a religion or some sort of common belief that ties a group of people together. So even though these three terms are interchangeable and there's probably tons more, I would say that these are kind of the three main categories that are important to distinguish. Even though we basically lump all of them together, I just want to take the opportunity to say that there is a difference between what is magical, what is supernatural, and what's mystical. So where does, like, you know, we, we briefly talked about it in the previous uh, episode focusing on physical weapons, but in this realm, where do spiritual powers then come in, right? So, like, for example, like in Hunter Hunter, the power of Nen, in Naruto, the power of Chakra, or in other, like, you know, combat martial art-based manga and anime where they talk about chi and stuff like that like spiritual ascension to affect physical ability or to basically you know use spiritual power to enhance physical ability where does that fall do you think it's too gray area or do you think it's still because the fact that the outcome of it is more a physical element that that's where it belongs i can perfectly answer this question using two examples one which is way funnier and unconventional than the other. So I will start with the conventional one, which is I will mention Dragon Ball Z and the fact that they can do spirit bombs and are obviously have strength and can fly and levitate. I mean, in the same way that would then also explain like the Rasengan from Naruto, right? Like being able to generate a ball of chi or a ball of chakra that has a physical manifestation. Right. So... That's pretty easy to understand in terms of the realm of magical stuff. Now, here's the unmagic, uh, unconventional. Street Fighter has a titular trademark character called Ryu. Yep. He summons fireballs out of his hand. Usually it is blue. Could be of different color because of different properties. It's called Hadoken. Yep. I am of the belief that Ryu is a mage or a wizard. <laughs> Because he's a fighter mage, his 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 uh, like currency, if you will, his energy is the power to execute the Hadouken, the fireball, and that going back to the question that you are asking is what I would separate supernatural and magical because you can't really summon a fireball out of your hands in any given scenario, but you can probably lift a rock, but how big is the rock is very different, or. If it is magical, I think the problem is when I said earlier between magical, supernatural, and mystical, we should really think of an umbrella term that does not say magical because I say magical as the umbrella term, and then I say magical as like the subcategories as well. So it's like really difficult. So I guess unnatural. Yeah, but basically like when when you see Naruto throw out like Rasengan, or when you see like Sasuke like generate a, a chirori in his hand, like they're they're not spellcasting, right? Yeah, they're not like Harry Potter wizardry, but they are not of reality that we know of. 
you wouldn't call ninjutsu magic, right? No. But you would. It's call- it's, it's illusionary. Right? A lot of times, like it's the same with like what we see as magic in in our world in the in the real world the 3d world right where a lot of it is deception a lot of it is cold reading a lot of it is um just displacement of of reality and replacing it with a new reality like changing one's perception of what should exist and then being faced with a new reality and then reacting to it so like what sometimes we consider to be magic it's like yeah real life magic isn't magic Right, but we call it magic because it's stuff that we can't explain with our own naked eye, or we can't explain using the laws of science. So, I mean, a magical and supernatural, mystical—they all blend together in some cases. It's just to me important to at least know that there is some minor separation between these three terms, but it could incorporate or meld all three of them together. It's like just just the way it is because supernatural is like a very big umbrella term and magical is also a huge ass umbrella term. So, but Ryu is a mage, the strongest mage of all time, bro. Training every day, man. Just being the best street fighter. Yeah. Ever. Tr- I mean, like they never say that he's casting like balls of energy out of his head. I mean, yes, fire itself is like energy too, but like, yeah, like Naruto is technically a mage in a way, but you won't say that. No. Like that doesn't make sense because when you think of mage, you think of like, Oh, Literally, Harry Potter or Merlin, for example, right? Like, with a pointy hat, that kind of thing. But uh, one thing I do want to say is there is also a difference between a mage and a sorcerer. And I think that that is a very interesting distinction because it actually ties into one of the animes that I will recommend, which I will talk about later. But usually... Magic is an inherent power and innate talent that someone possesses and then are able to do things that are normal people can't do. Sorcery, on the other hand, usually, if you want to be super technical, does not actually have any of these innate abilities. But they are able to use the tools. Similar to alchemy, you're able to use the tools to create what people would perceive as magical effects so for example i don't know like you can use a gun that i don't know kills a werewolf that is technically magical or supernatural instead of you shooting a silver needle out of your hand as a spell but i would consider both of them magical except one has the goods in the, in a way and the other one does not unless aided by equipment i think jujitsu kaisen is very reminiscent of that for example a lot of people uh, in Jujutsu Kaisen can see the demons, right? But there are certain characters, and some of them are very badass and super powerful, who cannot do any of those supernatural stuff. Would you say, well, like the glasses? Well, I guess it's in the same way with like Rock Lee and like not having you know, a good hold of chakra, but still able to use his own physical extremities to be able to combat ninjutsu and genjutsu. It's just like how there's some characters in Jujutsu Kaisen where... Yeah, they might not be able to sense supernatural auras and be able to tackle them in that quote-unquote conventional way. They have other means of being able to power themselves up and fight those supernatural beings whilst at a, I guess, clear disadvantage. But then turning that into an advantage because 
they're well conditioned and they're disciplined and they just know how to fuck shit up or they pay extra attention they're not complacent whatsoever yeah i yeah i think also we mentioned science already within this span of conversation like tons of times and i think magic and science even though there are polar opposites are two sides of the same coin and you cannot say one without the other because alchemy for example like full metal alchemist is a distortion of science magic is only magical because it breaks the laws of science i mean they, they literally say in full metal alchemist too right equivalent exchange you have to be able to exchange one or two properties to be able to get the same result out. You can't just create something out of nothing. Right. And I feel that with magic, everyone always assumes like, oh, it's the polar opposite of science. But I really think that, in order, for example, in order to know something is bad and something is good, you also have to know what is bad. So you, if you want to say something is magical, it's very easy for you to say, oh, it's not science. But actually, magical has... A lot of ties to science, but from the opposite angle is how I would say. I mean, kind of running off on that, like we should probably spend like a couple of minutes at least like, talking about, or maybe even dispelling like superpowers. Yeah, yeah, we, okay. we ought to, because I mean, like I, I don't think it's too difficult for us to be able to wrap this up in terms of what position superpowers has in the realm of magical or physical or pseudo, like on both sides. I mean, that's why earlier I was talking about skills and abilities being different than magic because superpowers well thank you for reminding me is kind of that weird area yeah like so i mean the, the clearest example in you know anime and manga would be my hero academia where literally everybody has some form of superpower whether it's bakugo and his little nitroglycerin sweats or whether it's um what's the little float girl's name again uh, Yurana? Yeah, yeah, Yurana, where she basically can make herself uh, touch anything and make it zero gravity. Um, there's just like, in most in most cases, there is a physical reason as to why they're able to do it. Oh, you mean a scientific reason? A scientific, Be yeah. Because the reason why I corrected you on that is because a lot of these uh, characters actually rely on physical components to either enhance or actually use their power. So, for example, using uh, Will's example of Bakugo, Bakugo has these, I guess, gloves that are essentially like grenades so then it can pinpoint and concentrate his explosives... Sweat, yeah. His sweat into an actual projectile or actual power. Yeah. And the thing is, as well, it's like just because he's creating fire and explosions out of his hands doesn't mean he's casting magic. Like, if you really think about it, there, it's, it's not outside of the realm of possibility that, that through some crazy big mutation, like instead of generating like sweat, he actually generated like nitroglycerin. Like again, we've never seen that before, but some of these cases like do happen in real life where it's like, you know, we're all, we, we all have like a slight electric charge in our bodies, some more than others, whereas some like, to the point where they're actually actually be able to be magnetized and actually put metals in their face. Um, there are times when I might be touching like a piece of metal, like that's uh, that's getting to my computer. One of my friends touches me, and all of a sudden, like she start feel they start feeling a, a buzzing from their hands. Like it's because I'm actually passing electric current through my body. For some reason, I'm able to do that. I'm not saying I have a superpower. I'm saying it's fucking terrifying to try to, <laughs> to, to have electricity flow from my body, and it should never happen to anybody. But the, there, like you said, right? There is, for the most parts, 
scientific and in some cases like a more more basic explanation, like some physical reasons as to why the characters in My Hero Academia can do those things. And it's because that world they live in, those mutations do exist. And that is actually a very important distinguishing factor, which is the rules of that universe dictates how the the rules of magic and science work. And a lot of times, as you as authors or creators would want to do, you would base it off of something that is real or base it off of something that has been persistent in the culture or whatever, such that there's relatability. So if you can tie it back to like alchemy, like no one here can do alchemy in like the full male alchemist sense. But if you talk about law of equivalent exchange, you can't make something out of nothing. That concept is very rooted in realism and science. Yeah. But you, you change it quite a bit you add a couple of flares, and instantly it becomes something magical or supernatural or mystical. Yeah. A lot of times it's just down to how far the creator of the property wants to explain a certain physical element or a magical element. Like, for example, like every single like magic story that we ever know, like, for instance, like the here's examples is would be like Harry Potter and in the anime world, like my, uh, my little witch academia, little witch academia, right? The floating, the flying brooms. Nobody ever explains why the fuck brooms can fly. But do you ever question it? No, because that's the reality they live in. Where like because the fact that brooms have this magical property of being able to levitate and fly, that's just it. That's just the world they live in, and therefore that's the rules. Like you don't question it because questioning it would be abnormal. And furthermore, witches being on brooms are extremely ingrained in real life cultural significance such that if you were to say that to me instead of actually physically happening in front of me if you were to say that oh harry potter does that i'll be like yeah okay like they're wizard stuff oh little witch academia a little okay little witch academia does it yeah because it's that's that i understand that because there's relatability there i think also another very common relatability kind of trope that is very persistent within anything magical is the dark arts oh yeah the forbidden magic because there is magic that enhances and heals and you know makes good stuff even though it could be destructive but whatever but the what happens when you uh deal with death what happens if you deal with evil will yeah what if when you start you know doing deals with the devil selling your soul at the expense of you know, being able to, because we're powerful, but also bring darkness and death around you. I think that the trope of forbidden magic or dark arts is always an indication to me that at some point someone is going to break that rule of not doing that forbidden thing or dark thing that everyone is not supposed to do. I mean, that's obviously the point. But every time I hear dark arts or forbidden magic, I'm just like, okay, who's going to, who's going to, who's going to, Defect. Who's going to be the bad guy here? Oh, okay. Clearly, okay. Okay, there you go. I mean, it, it, there's, it's it's always that case, though, right? Like, it's it's the same way where we're talking about like physical weapons. There's always like a team red and the team blue. There's always a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun. So, in the same way with magic, it really just comes down to the the user, the beholder, and how they choose to utilize those magical properties yes there are going to be certain spells certain magics that are tuned to you know quote-unquote dark arts but again like you you do see people who you know 
consume the dark arts but don't necessarily follow through with the intentions of using it for harm. Rare case, of course, but I I, I agree. Like whenever like we talk about like magic shows, magic series, there's always going to be the other side. And yeah, so it's always there. And sometimes I'm comforted by it because I was like, oh, okay, where's the dark arts going to show up? Where's the forbidden realm going to show up? Oh, there it is. No problem. This is legit now. <laughs> it's funny that I, I always like do that. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it's always fun to see, like, especially in like shonens, right? There's always going to have to be a, a, a good team versus the bad team. We just like to see conflict. That's why we like to see, we like to see conflict and we like to see resolution. And similarly, for every plus, there's a minus, which is now we are get into the limitations of magical powers. I think last episode I mentioned that I feel that when it comes to physical weapons versus magical weapons, they try to nerf the magical weapons and enhance the physical weapons such that they were able to, you know, do battle with one another on equal terms. And I think that the limitations of magic is pretty well known. So, for example, uh, reliance on physical components, as we said, Will. Like, Full Metal Alchemist, that's why Ed Edward is so overpowered, because he doesn't need the stuff that almost everyone else needs to be able to perform alchemy, and that's his distinguishable feature. I also think that a lot of cases, you need, like, oh, you need a summoning... Um, you need like a, a book, a tome to cast a spell, or you need like a summoning circle, similarly with uh, alchemy in Full Metal Alchemist, you know? So, I mean, you don't see Harry Potter just casting Expelliarmus out of his hand, right? Without he's, a wand. He's right. not going to in that shit, right? He's not He's not fucking Ryu. You're, 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 you're Ryu. Gonna... Ryu. I know. <laughs> Fuck. Well, we're doing that, huh? Okay. Uh, you want to play some Street Fighter after this? I'll probably get my ass handed to yeah, me. Yeah, I actually play a lot of Street Fighter. Yes, I'm not I'm not challenging you. <laughs> Don't worry. But without these physical components or without let's say wands or staffs to either enhance or essential to be able to develop magic depending on the lore or the rules of that property or universe. Mages are wizards are useless. Yeah, for the most part like you when it, you always just have that stereotypical image of like the pointy hat and the magic robes, the cauldron as they stirred their little potions and like little wands or staffs they used as a conduit to cast their spells. That's again though, it's a stereotype because that shit does exist. There is going to be a reliance on physical components to be able to do some magic. I think another a very important part of magic is, funny enough, a toll on the physical body and mind of the magic user. Uh, in very video game terms, mana or, or magic points is used constantly to dictate how depleted are you in terms of the magical power variety, in terms of the energy that you can use. Right. And, I mean, it's exactly like when you're fighting physically as well, right? You do have adrenaline and energy tanks, you know, as as a fighter or as a as a, as a brawler of sorts, right? Magic, yeah, you're not moving around as much, but because you're using whatever supernatural or spiritual or you know mystical powers you or have, head you, or headspace yeah, or whatever, mental it, fortitude it, and concentration, yeah, yeah. I mean, think, think about like, you're trying to cast a fireball out of your hand. That's got to do something to you, man, right? Like you can't just get out of it all willy nilly. It's like, oh, look at that 
fire. Boom. No, something's going to happen. Yeah. Um, sometimes there are instances where they just treat it like there is no consequences or toll whatsoever. But usually, it's very common to sort of, just like how, as Will said, fighters exhibit exhaustion through sweat and just wear and tear, magical users also have that same problem that is very commonly portrayed in all forms of media. I also think that another problem is, similar to how Will says, that person just stands there, as in the, the magic user, casting time is also constantly kind of a distinguishing weakness of magic, which is, oh, if you interrupt my chanting, I have to redo it all over again, or I have to stay in the same spot and don't move and concentrate in order to do the thing that I want to do. There are so many of those series that basically show that particular weakness, and it's 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 very much like you would you would imagine. So you would imagine it's just like imagining you're firing a gun, right? Like you need to reload your gun. You will need time to reload that, right? You can't just all of a sudden like fire an empty like, fire, like, empty a clip and then magically eight new rounds show up in your gun. You keep shooting it. No, you will need time to reload. And during that downtime, that's when you're vulnerable. You know, again, with mages or sorcerers, when they're doing their incantations or their, or their spell casting, that's the downtime that they have where they're vulnerable. But in order to be able to do what they do, which is cast massive amounts of damage, they need that time to prepare mentally and, and physically. Uh, I think one of the other more prominent limitations of magic is the dependence on innate talent or innate ability which is how many times will have you heard of an anime or manga where this person has the potential has the reserve has the energy well to really be the greatest person of all time but they need the training they need the whatever but someone else who works their ass off day after day to try to do magic or whatever can't do it because they just don't have the thing that is not innate to them. I mean, if we go back to the whole Rock Lee thing, right? Like, no matter much how much he trains himself physically, he can never be able to get a good amount of chakra to do ninjutsu and genjutsu. And in a lot of sports anime and manga, talent versus hard work is always a very common struggle that a lot of characters face and a very sometimes overdone, sometimes very powerful, though, um, sort of trope that people use, depending on like how well it's being portrayed. Yeah. It's always like you want to see that person who is like completely down their luck and all of a sudden get that golden egg. Or you see someone who like knows they're not good enough and they spend hundreds of... I mean, it's like, for example, like um, uh, One Punch Man, right? He starts off as a weak-ass bitch, but then he decides, you know what, 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, and 100 laps around... Like a pond running and shit, right? It's ten kilometers. Ten, ten kilometers, yeah. So then he then basically then like through that hard work then becomes the greatest fighter of all time in his world, right? But then there's also like some edge cases, like for example, the the biggest one is Deku, where he has no talent, he has no hard work, and the oh, hard no work, innate talent. Yeah, he has no innate talent, and like the hard work he puts into it doesn't get him any closer to getting his his magic powers, his his his, his supernatural powers is quirk and all of a sudden boom he eats someone's hair and then now he's yeah which is just like the weirdest thing i mean teaches the wrong lessons okay yeah so 
moral of the story, eat everyone's hair, and hopefully you will win the lottery, the quirk lottery to have superpowers, but, right? But, but please call 911 or 999 as soon as you feel ill from eating too much hair, okay? Ugh. Okay. I think also another limitation of magic, which I actually quite like, is magic specializations and infinities in different schools of magic. What do you mean specialization? If, isn't it just if you do magic, you're good at magic in general? You can do whatever you with magic, right? Uh, but, Will, there are different types of magic, man. There is, like, fire magic. There is water magic. There is wind magic. Yeah. That's the thing, too, right? Just like how well, there's so many different weapons, there's also very different types of magic. And within those types, there's subtypes, too. Yeah, and those that I just mentioned are elemental magic. There is also, like, necromancy. There is illusionary. There is – just goes on and on, like conjuring. There's clerical magic as well, right? Yeah, just, healing, yeah. So, like, example, it's like if, you, if you're really good with a sword, wonderful. All right, well, I'll give you a two-handed sword. Are you going to be fine? Okay, cool. You, you got that? Cool. Okay, here's a staff. Here's a bow and arrow. Yeah. Oh, here's a gun. Okay, all right. Go ahead. Try that. It's the same thing, right? If you spent all your day, oh, you're like, as like a pyromaniac mage, right? All of a sudden now, oh, I want you to, to heal this person. Wait, that's white magic. Yeah. I can't, I can't do that. So the trope of dedicating oneself to, or belonging to a school of magic and cannot branch out to others is a very common trope. Now, of course, as you might expect, another common trope is people who break those rules. Things like being able to, quote-unquote, dual-wield or have, you know, like, multiple schools of magic under their abilities is a big over is a big deal that's overpowered in that world, usually. Yeah, I, I hate to go back to the whole Naruto thing, but it's like... There are families that do shadow like ninjutsu. There are families that do illusionary ninjutsu. There are families that do like Rasengan based fucking like, ninjutsu. You rarely ever see anybody dual wield until you know there's a thing called making babies, and then you you know have one genetic superpower measure than another one, and then all of a sudden you have Boruto who can do the best of both worlds. I mean, there's also that um one anime i forgot which ones but you know like how ice and fire are kind of opposing elements oh, Will? oh yeah, yeah, yeah but yeah. what happens when you are able to do both even though there are supposed to be polar opposites haha <laughs> polar get it <laughs> so Todoroki from my hero academia is extremely well known obviously because his this is his power to be able to use ice and fire and that in of itself is like one step higher in regards to everyone and, and everyone regards him as more powerful than someone who is only does fire even though fire might he might be doing that fire well i'm i'm, I'm saying like uh, metaphorically speaking there might be someone so the being able to break the rules of schools of magic and infinity is extremely common but some people in some properties have it so strict in terms of the rules like oh if you do necromancy you cannot do elemental magic that's just that just doesn't work like that yeah uh, also for the most part right it's just one of those things where even if you have talent right like say for example you're like you're you're, you're just talented in martial arts and you just know how to use weapons in general it's not too far-fetched for you to be training and being able to get to that level of proficiency in a short time but when it comes to magic like you rarely ever see like young ass mages. Most of the time, it's like 
you see like fucking like Merlin motherfuckers are like fucking like 50 to 100 years old, maybe even beyond that. If they're an elf, then they're 400 years old. But will anime and manga is all about breaking the rules. There is this 15 year old kid that has the ability to do all these things that these 400 people can 400 year old people cannot do. Yeah, I mean, again, there's always that issues, but for the most part, generally, you will see that it's like it takes decades of dedication to hone on hone one craft. So to be able to do more than that is just that's an anomaly. You, you gotta but stay this, in the library, but bro. this is also this is also fucking anime and manga, dude. Like they're gonna be smart. They're gonna be fucking dope ass fucking kids who all of a sudden are better than their predecessors. I mean, otherwise, so, it's a boring ass show. Yeah, I mean, similarly with physical weapons being attributed to like physical strength and ability we always attribute magic to intelligence and wisdom and you know more of the mental uh strength if you will so again both sides of the same coin that's always what we have been saying with a lot of these things and magic is dope bro yeah i mean like we we talked about how like when it comes to physical versus magical weapons and how one can overcome the other like you know we talked about how it's there's there's less downtime and there's definitely more like physical and i guess mental aptitude for a fighter but when it comes to magic it's like well what are you gonna do when a fire, giant fireball is hurling towards you like you want to swing your sword at it. Yeah. yeah, like similarly, when we try to say that, oh, magical weapons are superior, like the argument of magical weapons are superior to physical weapons, that argument is not hard to make. It is so easy because usually magic does stuff that is like so hard to counter as a physical weapon uh, wielder that you're just a lot of shows like for example if we like for example like jojo or hunter hunter or naruto most of the time whenever you come across someone who is like physically strong it's like oh yeah for sure this mc is gonna break their ass and fucking kill them and they usually do but then you know shit gets real when the first like real tough ass magic user comes in because at that point that's when the eight that's when the mc always cracks that's when everyone fucking dies i mean everybody knows what happened in fucking Naruto, when fucking Orochimaru comes wait, in. Wait, oh, okay, okay, right? okay. Orochimaru shows up, and all of a sudden, it's like, he's doing some real magic shit, being able to summon, like, undead to fight alongside him, getting, like, snakes out of his mouth and shit. But then, like, all the, you know, all the Tajutsu ninjas, they die off super fast, blah, blah, blah. So, like I said, not hard at all to make that argument, that magic will beat the fuck out of physical. All right, well, we have spent quite a bit of time going over this definition of magical weapons. These are never going to be easy. These are always no, going to no, take so much time. Exactly. And we are like, actually looking at the docket, we covered most of the stuff, but we can technically go on and on. Similarly with what I said last episode, you can really literally make a podcast focused on weapons, not just an anime and manga, but even so. And you there, got, there you, are people who do podcasts and YouTube videos, just talking about the powers within my hero academia. And they've run like dozens of episodes. That's just one series. We could do this for everything else and we'll never run out of content, but there's, you know, unfortunately we have time restraints. And also we like to branch out and recommend a variety of things. Yeah. There's, there's definitely some shows that we think are like, if you want to check out the, the metric shit, these are the ones that we highly recommend. We are going to recommend a bunch of shows will do you want to go first or or i i can go first uh one i really really like 
Um, and it's there, there's no question why I like it at all. Jabba's Reincarnation, Mushoku Tensei. Fucking great. Based on the light novel of the same name. Um, I can't pronounce his name. Rifujin na Maganaute. I think it's a pseudonym. Yeah. And then Sirataka, I guess that's also a pseudonym. That's a pseudonym, probably. Yeah. So, published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment. Uh, there is a manga adaptation that is running concurrently with the release of the anime as well. So, yeah, it's pretty much still ongoing. Uh, it premiered earlier this year, uh, in winter 2021, done by Studio Bind. And right now, in fall 2021, just a couple months, like six to nine months later, season two came out. I and mean, I'm, I'm working on it right now. Yeah, I'm working on it too. It seems that like some of our shows, like um, Yormungan or Black Lagoon, they would premiere in the spring, and then they would premiere the second part in the fall. And the part one, part two thing is starting to become a trend basically now within anime and manga. Now so. it wasn't it wasn't long for them to announce that season two was greenlit already, right? So if you haven't heard us talk about Moshika Tensei, very very quickly. It's about a little main character named Rudius who grows up as a little fighter um, born of basically two loving parents, one of which is a very accomplished knight or just a very accomplished fighter. And uh, he learns the ways of you know martial arts and, co- and close quarter combat, but then he gets, he gets put under the tutelage of a uh, very strong mage, one of the best mages across the land, and then he starts learning how to cast magic. It turns out he's also got a very, very good innate ability to be able to be a fucking badass mage. Long story short, world goes to shit. He creates a new band of adventurers, but as he as he goes on, he starts learning more and more how to use his magic for good because he was a piece of shit in his previous life, and now he wants to make good on his past experiences and make himself a better person, but still still, still hold on degenerate. To, still hold on to his degenerate ways for sure. It's 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 a good it's a really good show. I really like it as well. I gave the first season a nine out of ten. What did you give it, Will? I gave it nine. I think the second season's probably trending in the same direction, but it's also like trending to be one of the greatest of this year. Um, no surprises there. The the thing I really like about the show is that it's very much like a visual orgasm. It it just it's it's just really really beautiful to watch. And the music goes along very well with it. I think generally everything is very well done. It's 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 a it's a wonderful masterpiece, um, but w- without being a ten out of ten, I think it's still a little bit away from that. Um, but the the magic they use in the show is also fucking crazy. Like you just like, when we talk about like the scale of how powerful magic can be, this is one of those shows where it's like, yeah, dog. They, they can blow up the world if they really wanted to. Because the reason why the world is so fucked up, once you, once you start seeing mages show up, like I said, shit gets real. Okay. I hope that was not a spoiler. No, it's, it happens in, like, the first two episodes when, like, basically, like, after he starts learning to fight and then the mage shows up. And oh, all of a sudden, yeah. when, he, when she starts casting those water spells, that's when you're just like, huh, that's how much damage you could do with a sword. But that girl just blew up half his house with just one water spell. Okay, that's the limit. And then when you go on from there, it gets crazier. So if you haven't watched Mushoku Tensei yet, please, the fuck are you doing? Go and start watching it, man, girl, whoever you are. All right. Throughout this episode, I have dropped hints of Ryu being a mage. I have dropped elemental magic. I have mentioned Todoroki from My Hero Academia being able to wield 
fire and ice. And the reason why I said all those things is to prop up this following property. Now, bear with me. Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. No. Oh. Good try, though. I thought about it, but then... No, you didn't. I didn't. <laughs> Fuck it. I was like, hell no. Fire Force Oof. is an anime that is based off of the manga of the same name. It is produced by David Productions. David Production, which is very well known for doing JoJo. The first season, which is Two Curves, premiered in summer 2019. And then the second season premiered in summer of 2020, so one year apart. Earlier, when we're talking about what a definition of a mage or wizard is, and I said Ryu is a mage or a wizard, in many ways, Fire Force is exactly that type, which is they don't have what you would conventionally think of as a wizard or a mage or having magical abilities, but it is beyond human capabilities. But in this world, fire is the name of the game, and everyone has abilities that pertain to fire in some capacity. And the main character is kind of joins um, a fire brigade, and they they deal with a great conspiracy and action and inter platoon kind of arguments and disputes i think actually no i think i know i shat on fire force a little bit back in the day in our gap podcast history wasn't so much shitting on it it's more just saying that like it could have been more right it it it, because even if i haven't watched it it looks fantastic it does look absolutely fantastic and the fire effects is phenomenal. I know this is such a weird thing to say, but if you're, if the name of your property is called Fire Force and your fires don't look good, there is a problem. But thankfully, in this case, the fire actually looks really good. And I think that each person's use of fire and their powers, later on it gets a bit, ugh, but there is a lot of creativity because you literally only have fire as the element of magic, quote-unquote, in this world. I mean, yeah, there's water, but you can't do crazy stuff like you could do. Like, you can't zip around like your feet have rockets or, you know, like you can't summon a fire kind of, not demon, like a fire little creature, you know? so Like an elemental, right? Yeah. So I think that Fire Force looks great. And as a shonen, it is really good. But if that's if that's not what you're looking for, then Fire Force to me doesn't really offer that much because the standard trope and the arcs that they go through are very similar to a lot of shonens. But one thing that I will never take away from Fire Force is A, their fire and their general aesthetics look amazing. But B, if you want a kind of good shonen, Fire Force is definitely a good call. It's worth a watch, for sure. If that's what you're into, yes. Okay. Now, the next one, okay. Again, it's going to be a very brief summary of it, because I I still haven't shut the fuck up about it. It's Dora Hedero. Okay? So, quick rundown. Dora Hedero, based on the same name of the manga, by Q Hayashida, or Hashiada. Hayashida. Uh, and um, aired in winter 2020, so uh, last year, so almost two years ago. Um, the manga's completely finished. I think it finished uh, last year. 
It ran for 190 chapters over 23 volumes, and it's one of the greatest manga I've read. The anime itself is a very, very faithful adaptation, but where does the magic part come in? So, as we know, the setting of Dorahedro, or I've said before, they're based in this dark land called The Hole. It's just basically like a shitty district where there's just nothing good. The strong beat up the weak on a daily basis. Death is all around you. Um, and literally, like, the only thing you can really do is just try and get by. Except that as a really shitty realm of existence, magic users go and use it as a testing ground to see how strong their magic abilities are. Now, what are these magic abilities? Well, if you are born as a magician or you have the ability to be able to use magic, you have a special organ in your body that creates black smoke. Now, the black smoke is essentially this world's mana source, right? The magic source. Their ability to be able to cast magic. Now, what kind of magic can you use? Well, there's lots of different things. You can turn some, you, you can basically turn someone into mushrooms as per the main quote unquote villain of the show. Uh, there's also ways for you to be able to turn yourself into different monsters. There's ways for you to be able to uh, resist death, as in you just don't die. Or there's also ways for you to physically enhance yourself, which I guess is not necessarily purely magic, but you know, magical augmentation of the physical state. So. It's 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 just a really fucking crazy show. It's nothing nothing in it makes sense, but that doesn't matter because that's not the the main focus. The main thing you want to do is just essentially watch all this crazy shit unfold, where people just know that around the corner death is there, and that they do whatever they can to be able to get their head above the water and stay alive, unless of course the magic users get to them and torture them to death. It's a brilliant show. Mappa did a fucking good job on the show. I'll shut the fuck up about it now. So in regards to Dora Hedero, there is three things I would like to mention and then we'll move on. The first thing is it is a Netflix exclusive. So you can only watch it on Netflix. A season two, I don't think it will ever happen. Will, do you think it will ever happen? If they do, then they have to adapt the rest because it, it starts getting into the real like heavy shit. So my suggestion would be to get the manga. Just get the manga. It's fucking great. And speaking of the manga, it is written and drawn by a woman, of all things. Nothing wrong with being a woman mangaka. But when I look at Doro Hedero, a woman does not come to mind. But she is really good at her job. It would make sense why her female characters are incredibly powerful. Because holy crap, like those are some strong-ass women, and they're also among my favorite characters in the show. I mean, I, I yeah, they're also my favorite characters in the, sh- in the show and in the manga as well. Even though I haven't finished the manga, I've read quite a bit. And then the third thing, Will, for like the fifth time. Please... I should I should read Die Dark, right? Yes. I, I was going to get to that too, where like if you've already finished or hit row, the manga, check out Die Dark, because I sure should haven't yet, and I know that you're going to bring it up, and you just did. So. Yeah, there are several volumes out officially in English, and it is... Of that same kind of vibe, except now it's in space, which is fucking awesome. And it's so still, f- still food related too. Oh, it's still food related, and there is stupid shit that I'm just like, yeah, Q, you, you got it. Like, yeah, more of that, please. Just give it to me. All right, what's on your what's on your list next? I am going to recommend a manga now. Now, this manga, I have mentioned it before, actually. Will, you mentioned it before, and then I verified that 
Yes, I have read it, but I have read a bit more of it. It is called Witch Hat Atelier. And it is a manga by Komome uh, Shirahama. Now, this woman is pretty interesting because a while ago we mentioned about University of Tokyo of the Arts, TUA, with Blue Period. And that going, being accepted into that school is insane. Like, the acceptance rate is astronomically low compared to the amount of applicants. Well, she graduated with a degree in design, and this is her manga. It is published in English by Kodansha. There's currently eight volumes out. And there's rumor of an anime adaptation, but I couldn't really find anything solid on that other than Nothing concrete right now. The story is about Coco, who is a girl who does not have any magical powers whatsoever. But in this world, there are mages. But she's like, oh, I really like, I want to have magical abilities, but I don't have that innate talent. Basically, at one day, there was kind of um, an, a serendipitous event where Coco managed to meet uh, a wizard or a ma- uh, wizard slash mage. And um, I can't spoil it, even though it just happens literally on in the first chapter. But she un- she then realizes how to do magic and therefore is then able to do magic. And because she knows the secret, she either has to either have her memory being wiped from existence or be, be, be a mage, be a sorcerer. And that's exactly what she does. And it talks about her trials and tribulations as an outsider who now knows how to do magic when she's not supposed to know, but like, what are you going to do? And then funny enough, she has some ties to certain figures that are ominous and that actually they have not been heard of in a while or whatever. And a lot of people are searching or want to know what this organization or these group of people are. And Coco is their only real lead in like eons. So Witch Hat Atelier is really, really well drawn. Like, Have you seen some of the... No, but I know of it because of how well it's done with the awards. What awards did it win? I, I think it was the Harvey Award. Did it? Oh, yeah. Uh, Eisner? Eisner. No, Harvey. Yeah. Harvey. The Harvey Award. Because Chainsaw Man won the Harvey Award. So think about it. A woman mangaka who writes a Japanese manga about kind of Western-ish magic won probably the most prestigious western comic slash manga award there is yeah that's right asia gonna take over the western world now and to make matters even crazier in her like biography blurb at the end of the digital mangas she actually apparently draws covers for dc and marvel and i'm just like what okay like sure so there should be more attention on her now that like this is this is the caliber of her work this is her portfolio. Yeah, this is. I, I think the manga on my anime list is a top. Let's see. It's done. It's done. It's done really well, right? Like it's 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 highly rated. It's really popular. 
or at least it should get more popularity now that it has been featured on the Good Anime Palette podcast. Yeah, hold hold on a sec. Keep yeah. talking. So I think like we 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 try to you know of course endorse more anime because of the fact that it I feel it's the it's the medium that most people gravitate towards. But there's there's so much good manga out there that unfortunately we just aren't able to cover all of it. So it's actually a good opportunity for us to do some features on manga because it's not every day, not every week, whenever we do these podcasts that we actually actually get a chance to talk about manga. And a lot of anime adaptations have their source from manga. So it is not necessarily that far-fetched for you to gravitate towards manga if you also watch anime. So Witch Hat Atelier is an 8.48 on my anime list. Rank 128 and popularity 348. It's fucking incredible. It's, and, it's actually ridiculous that it's already at 8.48. Yeah, and uh, let's see. Since 2016. So... It's really good. Uh, I think the art is... I, I can't stress this enough. It looks so good. And the the interesting part of it is they take the rules of sorcery and magic and really put emphasis on, like, you can't break the rules. This is very... This is how it works. Therefore, you can't deviate from that. So it's really interesting and I really highly recommend the manga. I gave it a 9 out of 10, even though it's still ongoing, but it won't get any it's, lower it's, than it's that. It's going to be hard to contest that, right, at this stage. And I really hope there is um, an anime adaptation, and it's done by Wit Studios. Okay. Wit Studios, you hear that? You hear that, guys? Come on. Make Jason's dream come true. Okay. On to the next series that I wanted to focus on. Now, this one is, this one is an edge case. Because it's, you don't necessarily see magic, but you know, I know, I know the 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 gasp, oh, the silent gasp. Um, the thing is, the the ethereal creatures that show up in this in the series, there really is not much way to explain it other than to say that this is some real magical bullshit. Oh, that's not what I thought you're going to recommend. Okay, no problem. That is that what you just said is also extremely accurate of the other one. Oh, there's there's tons of magic in that one. Uh, but well, I won't talk too much about that one either because people already know what the fuck it is. Uh, the show that I'm talking about specifically here is Ajin or in English because it has a different name. It's still Ajin, but Ajin demi-human. Uh, now, the focus of it is on the demi-human side because there are creatures in this world called Ajin or divine warriors because the they're they're immortal essentially. There's just no way of killing them. But are they though? They take like they take the form of humans, but they don't actually like get into like the full physical form. It's still very much like it's it's almost kind of like the black smoke that you see in uh, in Dora Hedero. So they're just twisted figures. Sometimes you can see like a full like skeleton, uh, or you just see like something that resembles a humanoid, but clearly there's something like wrong with them. Now the main character of this series is called K K Nagai. Uh, now he's just you know a chill, if somewhat lazy kind of high school student. Uh, just wants to live a simple life and become a doctor, until one day he gets hit by a truck. Okay, and he gets isekai, right? No, well, kind of. I mean, he gets he, he comes back to the real world. He comes back to life. But instead of living a new life, he gets added a second life, as in he becomes an Ajin for some reason. 
he gets imbued with the divine powers of these demi-humans and everyone just sees it's like holy crap you became a, an Ajin. now Ajin in this world are extremely taboo like they're like when you see them you immediately think that they're like devils reincarnate you should stay the fuck away from them because they're going to bring death upon you too right because Rize is there right yes exactly Tokyo Ghoul yeah exactly Goddamn, yeah um, I miss Rize she's a good character I actually wish they'd made uh, if they do a Rize spinoff I'm, I'm buying that right I mean, I'll, I'll I'll be on board with that too. Yeah. But okay, but back to Ajin. Yeah. So I don't actually know the storyline of Ajin other than a couple of plot points and the general feel and look. But that's why, like, I'm giving Will all these weird expressions because I literally am yeah. hearing this for the first time. Yeah. No. So essentially, like, when upon like finding out that he is an Ajin, the government then comes in and says, "Oh, so you can't die. You can reform your organs and your skin, no problem, right?" Well. Step right this way. We want to run some tests with you. And they basically organ, organ harvest him. Yeah. Until a splinter squad of Ajin show up and all of a sudden they... <laughs> yeah. They they rescue him. But just like how we said that there's always a good guy with a gun and a bad guy with a gun, there is a good Ajin and there's also a bad Ajin. So you start seeing... like It's a lot of political shit, a lot of thriller... A lot of really fucked up fights. It's so uh, parasite. It, it, it's 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 probably just as gory. It's it's very very visually disgusting at some points. But like parasite is a bad example because parasite is very visually good. It looks really really good. Now, controversially, I think that yeah. watching the anime for Ajin is great, but. Just note that it was done by Polygon Pictures. Oh, what is this Polygon Pictures that I hear so much about, Will? So in the world of 3D CG, or at least anime series that are done purely in 3D, one of the more prominent studios is Polygon Pictures. Now, it's sometimes pretty hit or miss. It's definitely not Studio Orange and, you know, the work that they do with Hoseki no Kuni. So it's, or, or Beastars. Or Beastars. Oh, yeah, Beastars yeah, too. Yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, So both of those shows, right? Land Land Lustrous, B-Stars, they look incredible. But I have to admit that, um, sorry to cut you off, um, Polygon Pictures is, I would say, second to Studio Orange with um, their own production of Nice of Sidonia with Ajin. But the problem that I have, not really necessarily problem, but even though I would rank um, Polygon Pictures as second, gulf between first and second is quite vast oh now, you want to see the gulf between second and third bro uh, right. we don't even want to go there bro like we're talking tesla note level at that yeah point. man we're talking like x arm like yo but despite my reservations against polygon pictures there's no doubt in my mind that polygon pictures is pretty competent and pretty capable it's just a matter of taste in the end. Exactly. It's just, it's just whether you find like 3D anime palatable. And for me, I'm okay with it. I, I really enjoyed Ajin. The manga is really fucking good. The manga is incredible. If you don't want to watch 3D, just buy the manga, which I did. So I mean, Nice Estonia, I read the manga is pretty good. I watched the first season of Nice Estonia is all right. And um, I, yeah, I think like it's okay. Uh, their use. It's just hit or miss. Yeah. It, 
Yeah, so it's good. I I, I definitely like the manga and the anime, but just note that uh, there is like a a point a point five point disparity between the manga and the anime, and that the manga is vastly better. It's also more. It's also vastly more popular. It's in the top one hundred for manga popularity, whereas it, it's it's ninety ninety six. Oh, sorry. Um, I for, we forgot to mention Ajin, the three D anime is a Netflix exclusive, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, also, uh, don't mix it with the three part movie because those are kind of like compilation movies. Um, which Wait, is a compilation of the anime, though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. And I think up to where season two ends, I haven't watched it, but um, just just watch the. Just watch the show. It's again, it's it's more a case of me trying to convince you guys to check it out because it's it's one of my favorite shows. It's definitely not like a top ten. It's a very entertaining eight, right? It's it's a good time. And if you want to browse the catalog on Netflix, it's not a bad show to check out. There's definitely worse stuff on there. If if I had to be extremely extremely objective. All right, another show that is on Netflix as an exclusive that pertains to magic in a big way is what i would call anime harry potter and i mean this in like the best compliment possible uh this in my opinion it's better than harry potter yeah you're right but i'm I'm not gonna say that um little witch academia premiered in winter 2017 and produced by none other than studio trigger which is kind of one of my favorite studios of all time if you like the feeling of the wonder and awe of magic and kind of the enthusiasm that a very vibrant kind of cartoony kind of vibe but still have magical elements and probably one of the craziest action scenes as your finale yeah a little witch academia got you has has got your back it's incredible but there is a slight caveat to it, in my opinion, in that there, there are going to be times where it's a little bit slow. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's also quite slice of life in the beginning because they're trying to introduce all the characters. It's funny because – Will wrong with that either. Yeah. Be, but there's two curves, so it's like 24, 25 episodes. But I think Will and I have the exact same opinion, which is the first season, even though it is slow-paced and what is extremely important for the second half to be relevant, but – the second half is way better than the first half because we rated, in our minds, the first half a 7, the second half a 9, so then it averages out to an 8, basically. And that works. That's that's how anime math works. Uh, yeah, that's how math works as well. Yeah. I mean, like, you, you just have to do some of the average. You average it out, right? Like, just like how I felt about Dororo and how it was a 9 yeah. and a 7 yeah. and for an 8. Yeah. Should have uh, been more. So the second half... Or the first half of Little Witch Academia, though, is still really good. And if you want to watch something that is basically pseudo-Harry Potter, um, got you. Little Witch Academia has you, you has definitely you find a lot of similarities between certain characters and what you would expect them to be the the counterparts of dude, in Harry Potter. Dude, there is a Ron Weasley. There's a Hermione Granger. But Hermione is not in the... There's a, there's a fucking, like, Malfoy. Yeah. Right, there's there's always a, a a character again. We're not saying this in the way where it's like, oh, it's just a Harry Potter clone. No, like it definitely has its own touch, and in the end, like the characters are more likable. And it's not a slate on either of these things. It's just that 
this is the good anime palette podcast, not the good Harry Potter podcast. So you know how there's like that YouTube channel where it's like chill beats you listen to while studying. Lo-fi, yeah. yeah. It's this is lo-fi Harry Potter basically, but with like nice little chibi elements. Only for the first half, and then the second half is is straight Harry Potter, but the anime. Okay. One last thing I will say about Little Witch Academia versus Harry Potter is, in Harry Potter there is um, a section where a broom is featured in such a way. And this broom is extremely hard to use or tame or whatever. Bro, 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 you remember I talked earlier about it's like nobody explains how a broom fucking works in in these magic worlds. No, I was not prepared for this shit. (laughs) In Little Witch Academia, similarly, there is a broom that is featured that the main character uses at some point. And it was fantastic. But going off of what Will says... They actually go into the flying of the broom as, like, you got to figure it out, like, driving or riding a bike. And it's just really funny because they put that much attention to detail of these things that you kind of don't really care about. But now that you mentioned it, yeah, yeah, that's actually I – want I care about that. Yeah, you're just like, wait, who wouldn't know how to ride a broom, right? Like, you can't fly a broom. Like, how do you call yourself a witch? And you never question it, even though you think you know damn well that brooms aren't supposed to fly. And then when you see them do their broom shit, you're just like, I thought I knew everything about brooms. Clearly, I didn't. Now it's, there, it's, a, it's a wild time. Yeah. Now that, of course, there is a grand overall arching story, but nothing else needs to be said other than Little Witch Academia is very akin to anime Harry Potter. In my opinion, it's better because this is the good anime pal podcast. Will agrees as well. Yep. Let's move on. So I'm actually going to go into the last thing I want to discuss because look, I was going to talk about Mob Psycho, but I really talked about Mob Psycho. It's fucking brilliant. Like It's top 10 show for me. You should just go check it out. Both oh. seasons and also season three is coming out soon. Exactly. Uh, I like both seasons not as much as Will does, but I still put it in high regards. I think I gave uh, one and eight and one and nine. You gave it eight and ten, nine and ten. Nine and ten. And then I'm so excited for season three. Season two is so good. All right. It has cry moments for season two. But Hell like, yes. But like good cry moments. So Dude, That press conference? The last thing I want to talk about after we finish crying about Mob Psycho, oh, Mob Psycho 2 was so good. Anyways, the last show I want to discuss is, is, is a complete left field choice. I don't think anybody here listening to this uh, episode or even just the whole series in general has any idea what this show is. I have never heard of it until... The show Will is mentioned. called The Law of Ueki. Now, what the fuck is Law of Ueki? Well, it's based on the manga of the same name by Zabasa Fukuchi. So if you don't want to read them or watch the anime, which, okay, fine, read the manga. It's published in English by Viz Media. 16 volumes of 154 chapters. Now, back onto the anime front. Now, this is going to be a very steep hill because first, Spring 2005 came out a long fucking time ago, right? Uh, that's not too bad. You know, some old classics, right? Oh, it's fifty-one episodes. Oh shit. Okay, so it's a four-cur kind of deal. Mm, that's, well, look, I mean, like JoJo and all that shit. It's like you know, three to four curs anyway. It shouldn't be too hard to watch. Yeah, Soul it's, Eater is is fifty-one episodes. It's, and- it's produced by Studio Dean. Bro, bro. Yeah. So this was the part where, like, back when I was watching, dude, I was like fourteen when this dropped. And that's when I started watching it. I didn't give a fuck. Dude, I watched all of Fate Stay Night, the original. Do you think I gave a shit? Uh, oh, wait. But to be fair to Studio Dean, 
uh, back then in 2005, Studio Dean was untouchable. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like, Higurashi, as weird as some of the girls look, it was a it was a really well done anime. I really liked Higurashi when they cry, and I really really like Love of Weki. I didn't even think about it, and all of a sudden when we started talking about you know preparing for this magic episode, it just hit me. I was like, wait a minute, I've watched a show before that has these exact same elements of super. Oh my god! And then I started looking it up, and I found it, and like the the description of it couldn't be more apt. Is it literally tells a story of. The Battle of Supernatural Powers, a tournament to decide who will be the next king of the celestial world. Now, if that ain't magical as fuck to you, then, bro, like, let me tell you more. See, each character in the series has a candidate. So the candidate is basically, uh, no, there's a candidate and there's a hundred of them. And they essentially have to nominate a junior high school student, very specific, has to be junior high. Can't be it can't be elementary, can't be high school. And they will act as their representative, their fighter in the battle of supernatural powers to become the next celestial king. So each kid, each student is given a unique power. The power to be able to change one thing into something else. It's essentially equivalent exchange. So each character having their own powers, pretty cool. The aim of this battle is to essentially not only become the king. But the student who wins will be able to receive the law of blank. Now, what does that mean? The law of blank is as is. You fill in the blank. You can choose any talent that you want, and you can have that talent. If you want to be the best baseball player in the world, you can have the talent of baseball. If you want to be the talent, if you want to be the best singer in the world, you can have the talent of entertainment, and so on and so forth. Now, the main character is Ueki, or full name Kosoku. Kosuke, no, Kosuke Ueki. Now, his power is the ability to turn trash into trees. Uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, please repeat that power again. He into has the treasure, power. right? Into treasure, into gold, right? He has the power to turn trash into trees. Okay. That This is just basically some Naruto shit, too, where he literally uses this power and hones it till he's able to be able to use the... Any creative means of using trees to fight people, right? Like being able to whittle down branches and staffs or being able to use the, the rubber that comes from certain trees and use it as a catapult and all that. It's it's pretty genius, you have, to, you have to say. Now, there are, of course, some... The thing with this show as well is that it's incredibly stupid. There are literally characters where it's... It, where they play Junkenpon, Saishoku Junkenpon, and then you have to point in a direction. And if you guess the direction they move into, you turn into a piece of shit. You turn them into a piece of shit. There's another one where like he can turn bath towels into metal rods. Another one where he, if he gargles water, he can turn it into fire. And then one where uh, he can turn cotton in uh, cotton buds into needles because you use cotton to make clothes, and then therefore you can transform them straight into the needle form to sew and all that. That's the most useful one yeah. out of the ones you just mentioned. Yeah. That's the thing too. Is, is is that person though the weakest in that universe? Yes. Okay, knew it. <laughs> I knew it. He gets defeated pretty easily, but there's other ones too. Like, oh, you you want a power which is powerful? How about turning coins into a tornado? Okay. Well, this is what we're gonna have to do. Okay. How many powers are there? Well, there's a in... hundred of them. Okay. Good. Okay. This is what we're gonna do <laughs> for the finale episode. Remember how I would just write down. 
write down 10 random powers. You think, it, no, I think you have to do it for me because you know all the powers. So right. if oh, I were to... So basically I have to say, okay, this is, is this is this Nueki power? Or is yeah, and I promise you I will not like Google or, or spoil myself or cheat. But similarly how I said, oh, is this a light novel title or not? I think you should do this. Okay, sweet. That oh, that's right because you did the light novel one. It's my turn. Okay, yep. sweet. We'll do that as a segment for the final episode. I don't think I will be able to discern what is real and what's not. But this one actually might be even tough. But fuck it, let's just do it. So again, this show is incredibly fun. Not to mention, it has one of the greatest openings of all time in terms of just okay. Visually, it sucks, but music wise, it's, it's so good. It's 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 Mimi. It's Mimi. Just YouTube it and you be the judge. But I kind of agree with Will and disagree with Will at the same time, if like, that makes it, any like, sense. It's a bit painful to say it is great because, like, yeah, it sounds great, but it's also cringy as fuck, too. Just in case anybody needs to look it up, it's, uh, the song's called Falco. Okay? So <laughs> it, it, it's 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 extremely slept-on show because I definitely – you know, watched it and no one else knew what the fuck I was watching when I was growing up. Now that I'm, you know, like 17 years later talking about the show again, I don't think anybody's still watched it. So, look, I I can vouch for it to be a shonen that everyone missed and it's about time that we give it the, the respect it deserves. All right. I actually supposed to have several more, but I think we're going to have to cut. So I will go with one more. And then we'll 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 wrap up the episode. Ancient Magus Bride is based on the manga of the same name by Kori Yamazaki, published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment. Wit Studios produced the anime, and it premiered in fall 2017 with two curse, so I think 24, 25 episodes. It is, as I said, produced by Wit Studio, and they have done a three-episode OVA called Boy from the West and Night of the Blue Storm, which is an anime original content. Unfortunately, the OVA episodes are bundled with volumes 16 to 18 in Japan. And obviously, because it's tied to each published volume, it takes a while for them to come out. And to my knowledge, there is no indication whether or not there will be uh, English release, but it has to be. But we'll see how that goes. But this anime, Ancient Magus Bride, and the manga, the manga gave it a 10 out of 10. The anime, I gave it a 9 out of 10. I think earlier when I mentioned the difference between wizard, wizardry and sorcery is a distinction because in this world, there is a huge difference between magic a mage can produce because it is innate abilities versus a sorcerer who basically is kind of like the bad guy of the magic world because they use equipment or use stuff to 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 distort um the rules of the world in order to produce magical effects whereas the mage not only has innate magical powers but usually you request like a mystical creature and and because you have magical ties they will aid you to produce magic now even though i spent a lot of time trying to explain that system the story is basically very Beauty and the Beast-like. Wait, what the fuck? Like, you went through all that just to explain the fucking Disney's new, Disney movie? So, Chitose is um, the main female character. And in the very, very beginning, this is literally like five minutes in, 
she gets auctioned at a slave auction, oh. a magic auction. Sure, whatever. Uh, I thought her teacup started talking to her. Yeah, bro. Okay. She gets, quote, unquote, bought by a mage. And this mage is kind of weird because he has a skull for a head and is kind of considered, quote, unquote, a monster. And everyone's afraid of him. There is your beast. The reason why Chitose is of high concern for a lot of people and sought after is because she has uh, very strong magical capabilities and there is a very specific term for them called slay beggy, which is actually rooted in folklore as well. And I think, no, I think a lot of the stuff that shows up in the anime is heavily rooted in folklore. I, I think there was like a, a grave hound that shows up. There is like fairies and fays. I think one of the goddess of fairies called Tatiana shows up and is based off of real folklore. Uh, yeah, the show is really, really hardcore because even though I said a bunch of things, there is a lot of gore and shit happens for real in that anime. And I mean, I, I mean, like heads get chopped off, people get impaled people yeah it's like no joke and the way that i really like about this show is that even though there is a beauty and the beast love story the magic has heavy consequences if used because i mean think about it will like if i were to hurl a fireball at you don't you think like if you get burned by the fireball that's actually pretty fucked up yeah don't you think that if i were to curse you like, that's actually, and, and that the curse actually is quote-unquote real, that's actually pretty fucked up. Yeah, th that's, that would be, like, you know, on the scale of how fucked up magic is, like, this is, like, edgy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Compared to what you would see in, like, Little Witch. Like, when you start, when you start talking about, like, like pyro magic or, like, dark arts, you're starting to venture into fucked up territory. So... Chitose has a slave baby and has magical capabilities, but when she overexerts herself, she pukes blood out. Like, she gets, like, thoroughly sick. Like, this is no joke. But not only do they have gravity and weight in this anime and manga, there is actually a very touching love story, and it's about people who don't know what to do with each other but then learn to live one another and they grow as a person. And then there's magic enemies and villains that show up and they try to conquer stuff and, you know, figure shit out. It's really good. Is there, really... is there going to be a season two? I mean, the three episode OVA kind of implies that there will be a season two. I read the manga up to date and it is hilarious because I can't really spoil it, but the second quote unquote huge arc of ancient magus bride is i i'll tell you off air i'll just tell you off air like it's hilarious to me that this is the case all right well visually it must look amazing right it's with studio it does look phenomenal and the fact that it's also gory and action heavy at some points like a, that's, a lot that's what with studio does right yep and um the opening is sung by juna which also sang the opening for Kage Gurui and also 
uh, Fina, Pirate Princess. So it's a, it's a, she's a really talented singer, and uh, it's really good. I mean, the second opening is sung by someone else, but that one is also really good too. Very nice. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the shows we want to recommend, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I could. We we actually can go on we, and on. We, we could, but, but why? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. So just to recap on the shows that we recommended. On my side, I recommended uh, the Law of Weki as, as probably the front runner on my end. Uh, Jobless Reincarnation, Dora Hedero, Mob Psycho, and Ajin. Now the the, the ones I just mentioned: Mob Psycho, Dora Hedero, Jobless. Bro, like you already know them. You already know to check that shit out. Same with, uh, well, at least Ajin now. That's a new one that uh, I haven't really talked about much, and I think people should really endorse. As for Jason... Okay, so yeah. um, I recommend wholeheartedly um, Ancient Magus Bride. I mentioned it a lot for my After Dark 1, so this will probably be the only other time that I will mention it again. Which Hat Atelier is a manga that I think is pretty phenomenal. So I would say that those are my front runners. Little Witch Academia is also good, and Fire Force is also good as well. Very nice. So yeah, a little mix of uh, you know shows where the word witch and magic are actually in the title, and then of course uh, you know a left ball uh, to to get some manga in there too. No, no, no. Will, well, what about uh, the irregular Magic High School? Because it has magic in it, man. So what about you know? Uh, an index of certain magical property. Dude, I really wanted to talk about that, but I, <laughs> I, I couldn't. Like, why do you have to do this to me? Is it like magic rail, railgun or something? Okay, a certain magical index and a certain scientific railgun. Okay. I haven't watched either, so. Uh, railgun is way better, but okay. Uh, no, no, we're not doing but this. But the regular at Magic High School, that one. Is shit. Yeah, I think I watched one or two episodes. There's a real weird sort of like incest kind of thing going on in the first episodes, which it's not weird out. by Japanese anime standards, but yes, it's it's very prominently there. Yeah, that's why I kind of stopped watching it. Yep, but it didn't stop me from reading Domestic Girlfriends. So, I mean, it's different. It's different. They're not blood, they're not blood related. Okay, to each their own. Will let's move on. <laughs> um, you can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E at gmail.com, all lowercase, all one word. You can also contact us on Twitter using the handle at palletgood. That's capital P and capital G, all one word. Uh, Will is messed up because we have a Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash palletgood, capital P, capital G, all one word. I'm just kidding, Will. I love you. Uh, we also have a website, and we encourage you to check it out. You can visit our website at www.facebook.com goodanimepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. But really, man, Scum's Wish and Domestic Girlfriend, man, what the fuck? You can join us on Discord, and uh, the invite link for that is provided in the show description. We also have a Mal Club. If you would like the invite for either of those or both of those, you can either check our show description or email us. We'll give it to you, no problem. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Glitterati by Fox Morrow. Our break music is Up and Down by Toby Trancer. And our outro music is Sunset Dew by Lupus Nocte. Our music was provided courtesy of EpidemicSound.com. If you're interested in using EpidemicSound.com as <laughs> Epidemic Sound as a service, we have a referral link that will be provided for you in the show description. Do you like how I just, you know? Yeah, yeah, plugging in all the debaucherous shit I've done. Uh, by the way, Team Rui, if you're not Team Rui, you can kiss my ass. I mean, um, she's a pretty good Kudre. Dude, she's the best. I fucking love her. Anyways, yeah, so I don't think I can handle a Tachibana. No, but um, I don't know why people like her either. 
Anyways, uh, we actually made it through this part. We did the previous episode and this episode, and we didn't even mention Death Note. I know. I, I did that on purpose, though. It's weird. I don't think... Now you mentioned it, so now... But I, don't think, I don't think Death Note really falls in either or. I think it's just basically just some fucked up kid who has a power fantasy and turned into reality. It's all in his head. Yeah. Game over. Game over. Death Episode Note, done. Death Note officially sucks. Oh, oh, what, what's wrong with my heart? Oh, Will, oh. Will. Oh, ah, no. Ah. It must have been that Reuben sandwich you ate. Oh, oh no. no. Too much mustard. Anyways, uh, whilst Jason uh, hopefully doesn't you know suffer cardiac arrest, uh, we're going to be wrapping up today's episode. Thank you very much for enjoying the two weapons episodes. We really like doing these duo Oops. shows. We <laughs> don't tear down the fucking office, man. Sorry, I had to get back up on it's, my chair. It's okay. the The shelf is really flimsy. That's why it's literally made out of sheet metal. Okay. Um. Yeah. Thank you for listening on our double header. Yeah, we want to do more of these. We do have more of these lined up uh, in the upcoming seasons. So when they drop, we will let you know when they're a double header. And then that way you can stay tuned for the upcoming episodes. Will, our next episode is our season two finale. Yeah, this is Wow. You ready? You're ready for the awards? One whole year of the podcast. I didn't think it would. I mean, I, I, I hoped that we had, would get here, but we're here now. Yeah, we'll get into more of our one-year anniversary and the end of our season two GAP finale. I gotta spend some time making up some bullshit love wacky superpowers now. Yo, I'm I'm counting on you to be creative, man. Okay, all right. Well, we're without further ado, we're gonna you know sign off. We're gonna get some rest, and then we wish that all of you can join us on the final episode of the Good Empire Podcast for season two the last episode of 2021 because will the magic of anime and manga binds us all together i will physically beat you if you do that again <laughs> the physicality of it <laughs> <laughs> just stop just stop the thing